Hello and welcome to the final episode of the Super Top Podcast. I'm Podrig, recording in Vancouver. And I'm Oshin, also recording in Vancouver. And yes, Podrig just said final episode. Yeah, it's episode 43, a totally natural number to end on. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's definitely the reason. Episode 43, we could not go further than that. Mm. <laughs> we'll talk about why, what's going on to bring this podcast to a close to bring Super Top to a close even, our thoughts and feelings about it all. And we're going to look back over the last seven years of working together and there may be tears. But first, follow up. (laughs) Okay, so in the last episode, we talked about how in our trim sharing feature, uh, we might need to add auto-copying URLs when sharing clips. Uh, We've added that now and it's, it's pretty nice. So once you share a clip, it'll make the video that you're going to share and it'll also copy into your clipboard a link to that episode so you can also paste something that users can click on and get to the episode yeah one thing that we touched on when we were talking about that was like how are we going to let users know um and what we ended up doing is like repurposing the little uh, and the share sheet when you when you share a link we've added this view at the top of the share sheet so that you can see what the url is and essentially we repurposed that with a piece of text saying like this link has been copied to your clipboard oh our next bullet point is about ios 7's new share sheet but i just realized i bet that thing's not going to work it, it's broken yeah <laughs> it's, <does> it. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes yeah that little box that we have i think who did that initially someone shared their code with us Brian Iris. Yeah, that's right. Um, so we'll have to dig into that and make sure it works on iOS 13. But actually, one new thing about that new share sheet is that, like, the, like the bit where we put the URL at the top, usually we don't need that anymore because actually the new share sheet like puts a preview of what's being shared at the top of the share sheet. Oh right, yeah. So like it has like the title from the web page and like it pulls in like the what do they call that thing fav icon or whatever so like yeah you get a little preview there at the top of what's being shared so we don't need that for the share sheet anymore right so we'll we'll probably just use it for our little message about how we've copied that link over yeah and so i mean the last episode was called the aforementioned share sheet of doom and we kind of did lay into the previous share sheet a little bit um and i saw somebody had tweeted at us asking like for our thoughts on on the new share sheet in ios 13 so we could follow up on that briefly yeah, so I think someone at Apple must have heard our podcast about a week before WWDC and decided to rewrite the share sheet. Yeah, definitely. That's the, what happened. That's probably how it went. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, that's a joke. It's hilarious. P- please slap. It's very good. <laughs> uh, hold on a second. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, we made it 42 episodes uh, without having a soundboard. And, and uh, excellent timing there. Yeah, beautiful. Okay, uh, so the new share sheet is pretty cool because it has your iMessage contacts up at the top. Just like that, Apple released that Clips app about a year or two ago, and it had the your recent iMessage contacts at the top, and you could just share in one tap. And I think since that came out, everyone's really wanted that to just be the default share sheet. So pretty sweet that that's there. Yeah. I mean, the other thing that's, I think, much improved about this is that there's a bit less like horizontal scrolling going on. Um, totally. I thought I was going to have a big point about that. But yes, there's less horizontal scrolling. So the actions have kind of transformed into a vertical list instead of being the horizontal list anymore, which kind of helps distinguish them as being like a distinct different type of thing that you can do uh, rather than the share icons. Being able to tell users what to do before where it's like, oh, in the second row of random icons that don't seem that related, scroll all the way to the right. 
and Castro might be there. <laughs> yeah. Where now it can just be like, choose the action that says add to Castro or sideload to Castro or whatever. One thing that's one other thing that's really nice and that actually kind of worked out fortuitous, fortuitously well, I think, for Castro is this kind of card interface that they have on this and actually kind of throughout iOS 13. There's a lot more of like like modal dialogues or cards with the rounded corners. But um, in this example in particular, when you so when you bring up the share sheet, it fills about half the screen. And if you wanted to scroll to see more of the actions, the share sheet then like comes up until it's like more of the screen, but it pushes back the app that's behind it, like in like as if they're like two card, like as if this is a card that's on top, and you see the rounded corners of the app behind. Um, but because Castro and because every screen in Castro already has like rounded corners at the top, it ends up like it just feels really nice when the when the share sheet comes up, and yeah, it feels it feels kind of integrated into Castro in a nice way. Mm, yeah, that's cool. It reminds me of when actually. Harshal Shah on Twitter reminded me of this. Remember when the iPhone 10 came out first and it had the notch, like the oh, little, the little yeah. cutout part of the screen and then the, like, <laughs> the clock and the Wi-Fi stuff are up in the ears or the horns. Uh, our first design for Castro for that was to like hide the notch by making it totally black on either side of it. So this that was just like, that's part of the inter- of the phone's Chrome basically. And then our app is below it. And a lot of people were kind of grumpy about it. It was a mistake and we changed it pretty quickly. <laughs> but just remembering like people going nuts about such a stupid thing. Uh, yeah. And now, yeah, there's going to be a lot more of that going on with these with these new modal styles now, because that's kind of by, by default how views look when they're modal, at least. I guess the idea is that like maybe that does help kind of distinguish this is like a modal state that you're in. Um, and that, yeah, when you're back in the, in the main app state, you it's it's clearer that you are but yeah i don't think it's a full vindication or anything that they've just like fully done what we did but it's just it's interesting to see it look like that the other thing that we wondered about in the last episode when we talked about playdate uh, from panic was whether they were going to allow side loading or there was going to be an app store or what exactly um and there may still be an app store there may still be all sorts of things in the future but the only thing that uh, panic have committed to is that side loading of apps will definitely be allowed on playdays it's a computer and they want you to be able to use it like one that's that's so cool yeah we you saw them you saw a cable at wbc right yeah and i got to hold a playdate played with a playdate briefly um stood in a crowd of people gathering around cable as soon as they heard that there was a play date around and yeah it was it was it was nice to see him it was fun to play with the play date and yes i now i will buy three instead of two <laughs> <laughs> and got to hang out with famous canadian dan messing we did indeed mm-hmm. we got to hang out with lots of people it was it was it was a fun week down in san jose my first uh san jose WWDC. yeah it was yeah it was really nice actually i really enjoyed it but people probably don't want to hear us talk about WWDC now that it's a few weeks out yeah also how long into this podcast are we we did say final episode at the start i feel like are we uh like t- d- delaying talking about the inevitable here or okay let's okay let's get into wwc here's our <laughs> 10 thoughts <laughs> okay no what's going on Patrick? tell us well i mean i know but tell everyone else <laughs> yes this is the final episode um i'm i am leaving castro well, I've started saying Castro. This is my way of uh, changing the topic a little bit. Mm-hmm. I started referring to the business as Castro rather than anything else. Because we used to be Supertop and then Tiny Boss Castro off Supertop. 
and it didn't feel right to say tiny because tiny is this bigger organization that owns tons of things so now i've just started saying castro okay cool sidebar <laughs> um so i'm leaving castro super top tiny to go work at apple yeah super top is for life though there is no like that's true the, the podcast will will stop but uh, we will always be super top yeah there's not really a legal entity which has actually been pretty awkward <laughs> recently <laughs> um when companies want to do background checks, they like when you like are a registered company and have payroll and stuff. So it's been kind of awkward trying to be like, no, really, I have worked for the last 10 years. <laughs> I'm staying. So it's not the end of Castro. We're not taking off the App Store? No, we are not. Okay. <laughs> and I'm, I'm revoking your permissions to do any such thing <laughs> right this moment. <laughs> I'm just going to sneak in and keep raising the price so that probably you can just be more and more successful. <laughs> no, I'm I'm staying. Bosco's staying. Tiny is staying. We all still love Castro. It's just it's just Potter who wants to leave. <laughs> That's sad. Uh, Tiny are gonna hire someone else in my to do what I should have been doing. I'll talk more about that later. <laughs> no, businessy stuff. Um, so I think they'll. I think that's the technical. That's the role, isn't it? Businessy person at Castro. Yeah. Well, let me get into that more. But first of all, yeah, let's just mention again, this is the last episode of the podcast. I don't think I'm going to be able to continue to podcast where I complain about Apple stuff if I'm working at Apple. Yeah, that probably hinders that ability yeah. a little bit. I know they're a famously open company that just like live streams everything they do, but um, somehow I think it won't work out for me. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Time for that uh, drum again. Uh, okay, moving on. Uh, so... Yeah, why am I leaving? What did I mean about hiring someone more businessy? Uh, well, first of all, I've been well. We've been working on Castro for six years. Uh, it's just basically crossed the line recently of uh, when when we started the very first or like the first commit onto what was called Supercast at the start. Yeah, I've been feeling like it'd be good to try something new. And over the last few months, I've ended up doing much more management and businessy stuff that I wanted to and by that I mean like marketing worrying about revenue uh, analyzing analytics and trying to come up with business plans stuff like that um, when Tiny bought Castro ironically I thought I did want to do more of that stuff so I actually asked to be left in that role um, but over time I realized that it's really not where my I just don't enjoy it. I can. I think I can do like a half okay job at it. I don't, I don't think I messed too much up along the way, but it's just not. It all feels like it's stuff I have to get out of the way so that I can get back into Xcode. But and maybe it was also with Tiny more about me trying to maintain some control over what we worked on. Yeah, and I, one thing I, like on that is that I feel like because you did step up into that role, like it actually like it really helped me like over like the over the last like months of of castro where like i did like i did have the opportunity to, to then like focus on the parts that i wanted to be focusing on and stuff like that um but one thing is that it still even though still in a small company i don't think you ever really fully like lose sight of like of what the what the broader goals are and of what to like having an idea in your head of like how many users there are and how many there needs to be and what's going on even for me i think that's always there in a way i think it's like i knew that it didn't come into my day-to-day -day life as much as it did yours and that was a lot of that was even because i knew you were taking care of it and i knew that i like 100 percent trusted you so that like made it easier for that to happen so um I can definitely kind of see the allure of like a bigger organization where you, there's 
just way more layers uh, like between you and, and any concerns about that side of things. I'm definitely really excited about having more bureaucracy around me, ironically. Like, there'll be... Can you imagine a developer at Apple worrying about revenue? Like, that's not a thing that happens. <laughs> Fast forward six months, Broderick's phoned me in the middle of the night about Apple's quarterly returns. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, between those two things, I knew I wanted to make a change in the next few months, but then a job came up that I that appealed to me. And yeah, those two parts coming together was what made me do it now. So I think probably sometime over the next six months or year, I would have gone anyway, but those the two happening together is what made me do it now. And then also, I have a good friend who recently quit his job so that he could basically be a dad for a few years until his kids go to school. Um, and but when he did that, he also started applying for some some new jobs just to practice interviewing because he hadn't he hadn't worked anywhere else for a long time either. And you sure it wasn't that he just liked the attention, <laughs> the attention, <laughs> he just like sitting in a room with people staring at him. Yeah, interviews <laughs> are famously the most fun thing you can do. So <laughs> he's just addicted to that feeling. <laughs> um, so that that kind of put it in my head that you can just go to interviews to explore options and understand like yeah what your real choices are because i didn't know when i applied for this job i didn't by any stretch know that i'd get it i didn't i sure part of me thought i definitely wouldn't as well so having that mentality of like i'm just exploring the options was part of what let me like give myself permission to go and try it and then over that process i realized that yeah i do want to be just just in quotes a developer hmm. i've never really thought of working at a big company before have you it's not really something that I ever attained towards. It's not something that I thought would ever like suit me like super well as compared to uh, being indie and with all the glory that that brings. Um, the I think I don't know if this is just like total fanboy coming out or whatever, but like the only company that I ever thought like okay, yeah, if like if I ever was going to go work for a big company, I was like I would maybe someday I would do that to go to Apple, whatever it is about Apple or whatever exactly i mean maybe you have some ideas of why people want to work at apple but like that definitely would seem to me as like uh, that's something that like at the end of my career if i look back and i was like yeah it was an indie most of the time but then also yeah i i had those years at apple uh or like when i like even from friends of ours that we've talked to worked on like products down the through the years um i remember just at apple i mean um i remember just having a sense of like oh, that's so cool that they get got to say that, like, they worked on that stuff. Not just that they get to say it, but that they did work on that stuff. And yeah. that, like, that's part of their career. And that, to, like, to be a part of, like, like something like, say, the, the original iPhone or whatever else that, um, I think that's, yeah. So that it has that is the one company that probably I ever considered working for. I'm not looking, I'm not looking for a job right now, though. <laughs> yeah don't please don't quit i'll feel very guilty if you quit me right away <laughs> no i'm staying put <laughs> yeah actually just we mentioned playdate earlier panic feels a bit like that to me now like the people working there now i bet feel like they're part of something kind of fun or historic or something yeah that's true actually i did think of i did think of yeah actually well panic isn't a, a giant company but like yeah they're not a big company by any stretch but in terms of going and getting a job job i think my two thoughts ever were okay apple or panic and otherwise like i'm just going to sit here and and 
make indie apps. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I've, I haven't really considered working at a big company before. Um, I think when I started out as a programmer, I didn't have it. I don't have a degree, um, and I'm also obviously not a U.S. citizen. So in a lot of ways, it just wasn't. It didn't even enter into my head as an option because mm. I I didn't think they'd hire someone uh, like me, as in someone without a degree who's not in the U.S. even. Um, I can't believe they'd hire someone like you, just as in someone like you. <laughs> well, I guess they don't know what I'm like yet, so we'll see how long I last. <laughs> Sorry, man. I don't. This is just, I when I when I'm just. It's just getting to me. I know you're leaving, and I'm. I didn't mean to say something so hurtful. That's just. It's just. It's just. This is just how I deal with it. I'll get over it. This is how I deal with trauma. I didn't mean to be mean. I'm sorry. <laughs> so now, after, well, seven years. Let's see. We've worked together for seven years because we didn't just start with Castro. We started with Tokens. We'll get to, we'll get yeah, to that later. Tokens was seven years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe even might even be more than seven years, depending on when we started specifically. Um. So and I had done some Apple stuff, Apple programming stuff before that. I made an app called Mounty, um, which was like a MacFuse file system for a content management system, and I made an iPhone backup extractor and. Yeah, so I'd say all in all, I've been working on Apple stuff in one way or another, pretty much full time for about 10 or 12 years. And at some point, although I didn't realize it, I crossed the line from doesn't have a degree, so couldn't possibly work at Apple to is very qualified to work at Apple because he's worked on Apple frameworks for a very long time. Yes, you have a degree of life, (laughs) a degree of life. (laughs) Hold on a second. Beautiful. Was that a joke or was it just like an <laughs> awkward thing to say? It's, I mean, it is true, but it it's the phrasing mm-hmm. the, that just made me have to put that there. <laughs> Do you mean like like a degree Celsius, like a, a unit of life, a piece of it, or like <laughs> a qualification? Uh, here, come on. <laughs> okay, yeah, let's move on. Um, so yeah, that was kind of sort of a surprise that like suddenly... Yeah, I am a candidate and they're taking me seriously. And I'm not just like, they look at the resume and see a big hole where the education part should be. Um, so, yeah, that's been kind of indicating in terms of like, well, at least the last, at least one one thing I got from the last few years, if not like becoming super rich or being like ultra successful is like, at least there are still, uh, there's still options at the end. That that like opens up some questions. Anyway, about where why aren't you rich? Because your partner stole all your money. <laughs> <laughs> okay, business partner. I mean, I'm not suggesting Emily stole all your money. No. I did. I took it all. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so how do you feel about it all, Ashin? That's a good segue. Uh, okay. How do I feel? I have three bullet points here: There's sadness, fear, and gratitude. So I'm not sure what order I'm going to go through them in, but um, I mean, I'm sad. To, I'm sad to like that we uh, won't uh, be working together daily anymore. Um, that's part of what I'm feeling. It's it's been like working with you has been central to uh, my career for like for the last seven years. So there's, there's there's a sadness there. I mean, I'm also like excited for you and like I think you're doing the right thing and uh, like and uh, I I know that we're not gonna. That it's not that we now we're just like never talk to each other again. Um, but there is like there's a change there, which also I mean is the fear part as well. Um, in terms of the gratitude, let's just say first of all, I mean I'm um it like grateful for everything, like 
that you have done like working with me over like over the last few years um i'm grateful for the patience that you've shown at times when i was whenever going through different different times and i don't know i feel like it's it's been very special working together the last few years so um another part that i feel grateful for at the moment is like that this is like so much easier now with tiny support than it would have been like say a year ago um or or whenever like when it was like just the two of us like if this part if this transition was like okay how do i now take on literally everything that like the two of us used to do um and in, in so, some of that in areas that like are not my uh, strong, uh forte or whatever like say the server stuff um i think like that would be like very hard to like see how that transition ends up uh, would end up going for Castro but like we're tiny there now and like we're we're like we like we have Mike who's Mike Waldner who's gonna help who's helping on the servers already and is there to like continue doing that and uh, we have Bosco there who's like this wonderful developer great to work with Um there's a position open now for somebody else to come in and basically be my boss so I'm <laughs> looking forward to interviewing the person that, that's gonna do that <laughs> Um that's the number one thing is just that like th- yeah this is like so much easier of something that can happen right now than than, than when it was then it was just the, the the two of us well yeah i mean while while we're on this stuff i definitely incredibly grateful for the the years of patience with me too I, like i definitely couldn't have made anything like castro without you and and one time that comes to mind in terms of like uh flexibility and patience and understanding is like something I'm really grateful for with Supertop in general and the choices we both made on that is I remember when Ida was born uh, my daughter this is about four years ago now or more than four years ago um, I was able to just like work very little for months basically and to help um, like to be around and be her dad and that like because we're in Emily and I moved to Vancouver. Neither of us grew up here. We, we've we made a few friends now after being here for a long time, but we didn't have a lot of people around us to support us. So it was really important for me to be uh, to be there. There weren't there wasn't like someone else to, to do that role um, if I had been working. Like if I had to like go back to work for 40 hours a week after two weeks of paternity leave or whatever. Um, so yeah, that's one of the, the lasting memories I have of like why this was definitely the right choice for me um even though that's like completely external to the work i'm also like really think that we made a product and uh, a thing that uh, we couldn't have made or i certainly couldn't have made on my own and yeah it feels good to be able to look at it and be like hey lots of people think that's cool <laughs> yeah it does <laughs> um one thing that i think of is like like at the start of working together like so we had like start we would start work we started working on a few different web projects and stuff and and then like over time then it was like okay let's make tokens and eventually then castro and and on and on but i remember like more like around the top like just looking back at to like the time when we did start working together and like i would still have project ideas and i i would have a project idea and then i'd try and classify it in my head and be like oh i wonder is that something that i should do with podrig or is that something that i should like just take on by myself um and like over time i stopped wondering that <laughs> it was just <laughs> like it just it was just like okay if i have an idea for a project I'll, i'm going to talk to podrick about it and let's see if this is something that we should work on um and yeah so i feel like that kind of like cemented itself in my mind even in terms of like this is how like this is how 
work gets done call Podrick hmm. talk to him about it <laughs> um, like how I work has been based like for the last seven years on how we work together like almost ex- not, there has been some contract work that we did where uh, that I did at some stage during that that was more independent from you um, and some contract stuff that we did together but like mm. but essentially how I work has been based on how we work together like every design decision I'm used to at least running it by you every feature idea or difficult problem to solve is something that we like we've done as a team uh, this is okay this is cheesy but I'm going to say it anyhow but like Gruber has this post about like uh, about Johnny Ive leaving Apple um, is that Whose job you're taking, by the way? Um, I can't say. <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny. Uh, anyway, Gruber had to post about like Ive leaving, and but he like was looking back on the tenure of like Ive's time at Apple or whatever, and difference between like when he was there with Jobs and when after after Steve Jobs had had left and and hmm. and died. Um, but it was like he was reflecting on like what Ive is like without Jobs, and essentially that like Ive's. Like I've needed jobs, <laughs> jobs right. needed I've. Uh, hmm. He was posting about like what what is I've like without jobs or like McCartney without Lennon, and I was like, uh, Prendeville without Okaneda, Okaneda <laughs> without Prendeville. Like I don't know, I'm scared. I'm not sure which one of us wants to be. I don't think either of us wants to be McCartney. No. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Do we want to be I've or jobs either? Probably not. But uh, <laughs> well, there's. I mean, aside from McCartney, they all have pros and cons. <laughs> <laughs> McCartney is just <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll move on from that analogy but I mean basically where I'm getting with it is just that like I do I to, like I have this fear of like okay what's my work going to be like with when when you're not there when it's like when it is Prendeville without <laughs> Okaneda like will my designs be missing something without your input um like like will I start making terrible decisions now or like I'm wandering away from the path there, but that's that's one aspect of what's going on. I would say that's not the overall everything, but that's one thing that I've been thinking about recently. Oh, it's funny that you say that. I like I obviously have some of the same feelings about it because we've been a team for seven years, and we obviously like. I I think we've all done everything, so like when I need to jump in and mess around with some animation code, I can do it. But usually, you would do that, for example. Or if there was some server stuff, I would probably do it. But, like, there's nothing really stopping you from doing it also. Um, but there's definitely, like, areas where we have strengths relative to each other. And so I was wondering in this new job, I'm like, oh, uh, like, are they hiring me thinking I can do all the sleek animations and custom controls that Ocean can do? And I was imagining, like, sneaking off to the bathroom so I could text you and be like, hey, dude, how do you fucking draw in a CA layer? <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, I'm hoping it'll be fine. <laughs> On my side, I'll be part of a big organization and there'll be like, if there's things I don't know how to do, there'll be ways to find them out and other people I can talk to, um, which I'm is also something I'm kind of excited about to be like, in the past, I've had problems in when working on castro and i wished i could like talk to the av audio engine person and be like oh why is this like this or is there a way to do this and now i conceivably could be able to email them and be like hey how's it going (laughs) um so that yeah that's kind of interesting but yeah i definitely have the same thoughts of like and also what are the unknown things that i just like rely on you for and i don't even realize it that i suddenly like happen across and i'm like oh i don't know how to do this <laughs> you mentioned a little bit earlier that 
you would sometimes think of project ideas and over the years started to think think of them more as things we do together a super top than things you do on your own uh, when we started out i had a bus times app in vancouver called buscouver and best name <laughs> actually it was called next bus initially and then they threatened to sue me because they had registered like the bus organization here had registered that as a trademark <laughs> um so it became buscouver which is a much better name um Anyway, it was a very iOS 6e app, and I didn't really get back to updating it after iOS 7. But one time I went and sketched a load of stuff and figured out a new interface where I'd add a load of features that were missing. And then I just got like maybe 10% into actually implementing it and just like hit a wall in terms of what I was trying to do with the animation stuff because that that's just like if we'd been doing it together, you would have done that and it would have been fine. You knew what you were doing. Um, and I would have just focused on the like getting the JSON in there and like getting the data in the right format and all that stuff. Um, so it's kind of yeah, that was an I was thinking about that as you said that that like we definitely have had our roles even though we can probably do anything each. It's it's interesting how you come to rely on someone over time. You see that with couples as well, where like one <laughs> one of the two married couple can read a map and the other one just is completely helpless <laughs> like once they're like emily is way better at directions than me i think she uh i didn't learn how to drive until about three years ago four years ago um and she's been driving since she was a baby basically which is what they do in north america here um and i think as a driver you pay much more attention to where you're going and like think about different routes but as a passenger you just like glaze over and like maybe just look at trees that are going by or something I'll try and pick the next podcast to listen to yeah or yeah mess around with the music um but yeah so there's definitely that distinction but or like when people are together for a long time they rely on each other's in, in ways they don't realize until one of them's gone um i don't know if i'm making you feel any better with this um yeah i feel, I feel good. <laughs> good um i don't mean to like linger like completely on this this is definitely like let's go back to the bit being excited about the new job part and all that <laughs> no i'm only like i think it's good to recognize this like i think it's good like and i mean careers are long like the fact that we got to work together so closely for this long is I think something to just be happy about like everything that we've done over the last few years and like the fruits of that labor and like what it um, means for us professionally and what it's meant for us personally in our lives and even the opportunities that it's opened up for us in terms of yeah, your new job um like I think that's just something that we should be proud of and and happy with and and I am and I'm, I'm it's been it's been a privilege to to um to have worked with you so closely you too <laughs> so i think we should do an update on your bike oh uh, yeah okay let me just stretch out here a little bit so last time just just in case anyone has been paying attention last time i think you fell off your bike and i laughed last time i fell off the bike listening to a podcast and you laughed at me yep yeah i felt bad about it afterwards but i just laughed again now so i i don't know yeah i mean i would laugh too i mean i've i can laugh at myself <laughs> You should do a new podcast once this one's over. Let's. I'll try a pilot episode of it right here now because yeah, I had some more adventures with the bike. So the bike got stolen from outside my house on like Saturday night a couple of weeks ago. Mm. Figured, okay, that's it. That's gone. I'll 
like I didn't really think that there was any chance that anything could happen like further like past that point. Um somebody told me about this Facebook group called like Stolen Bikes Vancouver and I was like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll like I'll put a post up there. Actually, one thing that I, I ended up putting like posts on Facebook and Twitter as well, but I en- was mostly doing them because to get some sort of sense of of relief out of like this bad thing that had happened i realized that i could photoshop the bike out of a photo of myself and put a sad face emoji on my face <laughs> and like that gave me something to do for 20 minutes the next morning that like that i was thought was funny and was laughing about so i was like okay this is my way of dealing with losing this bike is i'm gonna photoshop it out of a photo <laughs> and post that online yeah because it's not it's not just like a random bike it's like you you bought it as after we sold Castro, I bought like a 4K projector to play games on and watch TV. <laughs> and you wanted to get something for yourself. Yeah, and I got this bike. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it kind of like it looks like I'll put it like I'll send a I'll put a thing in the show notes like to link to it. But it's like it looks kind of more like a motorbike a bit or like a mm. dirt bike or something. It's like doesn't look like a bicycle anyhow. It has like these small fat wheels on it um, and this big thick black frame. So it's pretty distinctive. Um mm. And I had, then I put pictures of it on this Stolen Bikes Vancouver Facebook group. Still thinking like, okay, it's distinctive, but like, what's the chances? Um, and then I was at work one afternoon, like during the week, like four days later or something. I had just gone out for lunch um, and I sit at this Chinese restaurant near the near the office. And I like, got this text on my phone, like this on Facebook Messenger. I was like, oh, who's this name? I don't recognize this name. And open it up. It's like, hey, dude, is this your bike? and oh. just with this picture of a different person like riding on this bike like down in like downtown east downtown vancouver hmm. and then he sent another one zoomed in a bit more it was like he was like i think he was realizing how hard it was to see and he was like being the computer version of like enhance like he was just like <laughs> kept sending me closer and closer zoom ins of the picture um and i started noticing details about i i knew it looked kind of like my bike but then i started noticing details like something that had been broken on the side and some other place where i had put another particular thing and i was like yeah that's definitely that's the bike so he told me where it was right and it seemed like when you looked when it was stolen you looked to see if you could buy a new one and they don't sell them anymore right so like there aren't that many of them around as well no there's like this is just the shop where i bought it is the only one i think whoever sold them and i'm I'm not sure how many of them they got in but they're all gone now anyhow right um I still had the battery for it here, but then I texted the shop. The battery itself is worth like eight hundred dollars or something. So I was like, "Oh well, at least I have the at least I have the battery." Hmm. But I texted the shop and I was like, "Do you have any more bikes that like use this battery?" And he's like, "Nope, yeah. <laughs> only only that one." So I was like, "Okay," but anyhow, now I had a lead and I was okay. like on the case. I was like, I had I, I had reported this thing like to the police and like had a like case number or whatever all this and. Yeah, the, like they let me know that they're definitely gonna put like their best men on the job. And, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, anyway, so I, but I did have a case number, even if I knew they weren't putting their best anything on the job. Uh, but so then, as I, was, I, I finished my lunch because I mean I'm not gonna waste food, so <laughs> finished my lunch. <laughs> Went to get a taxi to get downtown to around this area where the guy had seen the bike phoned the police on my way down there I, fo- I was doing all this on the non-emergency numbers of course like i didn't want to be like phoning 911 and be like mm-hmm. like it just seemed like not appropriate so but it takes like it takes like 20 minutes or half an hour or something to get through to this thing but i was like okay look do it this way this is the way to you're supposed to do things okay i like i had honestly thought of like just going down there and like myself and just 
being like hey like that's I, that's my bike to like like offering like being like how much do you want to buy it back off you like people have said that they've done stuff like that before and people were just like okay because they don't want they don't want police getting involved as well and i'm i'm not crazy about the idea of police getting involved either even though the bike was stolen but i'm not crazy about that idea these guys anyhow let's not, yeah <laughs> let's not focus on police too much uh but anyhow where was i going oh yeah so i was going downtown on by myself and i was so i was a bit nervous and i was like okay i'm i'm phoning the police um was on hold and had kind of gotten down around to the area where the bike had been seen where like it's a very it's a very downtrodden part of the city like people are living in tents people are on the street people like are like it's it's a it's a tough place to walk around it's like people are in really desperate situations there and it's like um so i was walking around down there like trying to see the bike on the phone to the police at the time and she put me on hold again and then i saw the bike like over beside the tent um just like kind of sitting outside this tent in in the middle of Oppenheimer Park. Then the the dispatcher got back on the line to me, and she was like, "Oh look, since you nobody has seen that bike for an hour, so like I don't think there's anything we can do." And then I was just like, "I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it right now." Oh, because while you were on hold, that's when you saw it. That's when I saw it. Yeah, yeah. So she was like, "Okay, just like st- like stay back, like don't approach, like just like we'll like try and send somebody around." And I was like, "Okay, yeah, grand." And she kept me on the line for ages and kind of asking for different details, and I just told her what I could. And then she's like, "Okay, look, we'll." Like we'll try, we'll send people down, but honestly, like if something more higher priority comes up, we're gonna have to, like we'll have to like put people on that instead. So I was like, okay, yeah. And then she said, okay, look, if anything else happens, call nine one one, give them this, give them your case number, and like we'll sort. So like if they start moving the bike to a different location or anything, like just call them and and mm. so that we get you don't have to wait thirty minutes to get through. Right. Um. So then I just still stayed there, like waiting, watching for another little while. But then the the guy who the guy who had been in the photo, like riding the bike earlier on, I noticed him standing there beside the bike. Oh! But then he glanced over and he noticed that I was looking at him as well, and I was like, "Oh shit!" He's looked at me now. But then I looked back over and he couldn't see him again for a second. So I stayed looking over, and then he kind of like stood up from around the area of the tent, but he was he had oh, no. wearing like this. He was wearing this, like, I can't remember the details because I looked away as quick as I could because he was just wearing this really scary, like, black and white mask uh, and, like, started walking slowly towards me. And I was just like, oh, shit, what have I, like, why, what decisions have I made in my life that led me to this point? This is, like, no, no. (laughs) And just, like, uh, yeah, just kind of shut down. And then I was like, okay, just kind of looked around and like, okay, let's just pretend I'm waiting for a bus. I was part of me was even like, I'm such a scary cat as well. So I was just like, if a bus had come along at that point, I think I would have jumped on it. Like, because I was just like, get me out of here. Hmm. Uh, No bus came. So I just, (laughs) I just stayed there. And I was was like, okay, I'm going to call 911 and do the, do the, give them the case number. Mm -hmm. So I just phoned like very quickly, just like, Here's my case number. The guy is walking towards me now. He's wearing a mask. I don't know what's going to happen. And like about 30 seconds later, then this like police car kind of came around the corner. <laughs> like, so that, that's how that's how to get their attention. <laughs> Someone with a mask is walking towards me. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it was scary. Did he just like see the police and go away, or was he actually coming towards? Yeah. Him? Ah, no, he was. I, like, I don't think he, like I felt scared in that moment, but like 
in retrospect, I don't feel like he was ever like coming for me to come for me. I think like the mask was for anonymity, and I think he sensed that something was up, and he was mm-hmm. right to sense that something was up because a couple of seconds later the police were there. Um, and but so he was kind of by the time they pulled up, I saw that he was already kind of just on the periphery and he wasn't wearing the mask anymore. And yeah, the police went. The bike was still there outside the tent, so the police checked the serial number or whatever and all this, and and uh, just were like, okay here's your bike be on your way and that was the first time that i ever ever had to cycle it without like a battery on it because <laughs> they, uh, but i and it's a big chunky bike and i was like oh there's no like i had never imagined i was always thought like i has to have the battery but like that day i was just like rode away so fast actually i have a little clip here of me riding away from the scene oh fuck <laughs> we go baby <laughs> God. So on my side of that, I was getting iMessages of like, you sent me the picture of the guy with no context. And I was like, what the fuck is that? (laughs) Who's that dude on your bike? Um, And then I knew you were going to try and get it back. And I was like, call the police, call the police, call the police. (laughs) Don't just like go up and try to get it. Um, So I'm glad you did. And then I just got that video of you cycling it away. And I was like, yes. <laughs> so the uh, the police gave it back to you because you had reported the serial number earlier and it matched up? Yeah, well, they basically just checked. Yeah, they were like, okay, what's the serial number? And then they went over and eventually found it on the bike. And they were like, okay, yeah, here you go. Hmm. And then they were like, look, we can't really... The guy wasn't there anymore. But they were like, look, we usually can't really do anything in these situations because just because he has the bike, we don't know that he stole it. And I was like, yeah, look, I don't want you to do anything anyway. I have my bike. Let, I'm just going to go. Hmm. That was a nice little interlude. <laughs> Did you get a new lock? Yeah. I like. I have like six locks now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you've definitely scared off anyone who's not really committed to this podcast. Yeah. So now, now for the trip down memory lane. <laughs> Um, so yeah, let's let's talk about some memories from our time working together. Supertop memories, except Supertop didn't exist till 2013. But let's let's glaze over that. Glaze over. There's one thing that I want to say, which is okay. There's some stuff that got kind of got me thinking about different things that we could do for the last episode recently. Um, when you tweeted about that when you, that you were leaving Castro, and like it was so many. You got like so many responses. I was like, I was looking down like the responses of everybody, just people saying like really nice things. And I was like, it was a probably like it was a popular tweet, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's like three hundred eleven faves, and but more importantly, a lot of nice replies from people. Um, it's funny, like after years of running an app where you get a lot of basically abuse on Twitter from people, you get sort of a thick skin, or like you have an immune system for criticism where you can just like uh, see it and then not register it and move on. And I think some of that spills over into like praise as well, where you just don't accept the praise either. You're just like, you're just immune to any information coming in that way. So a bunch of it, I was just like, yeah, whatever, this isn't real. Um, But then like some of the messages that people wrote or like people I've met in real life a couple of times um, who said nice things was like, oh, that's pretty nice. (laughs) <laughs> and and no one was like, oh, what are you doing? My favorite app's going away. Well, actually, one or two people were worried about that, which is fair enough. It's not going away. So yeah, no, it was pretty sweet, um, and it was a good kind of a good reminder of like the what we've built up over time and making me realize what I'm walking away from in a way. 
that's what I enjoyed it for kind of as like just like seeing people like say these things and kind of like kind of to help like kind of weigh up like like what it is that we've been doing for the last few years we talked about what it meant to us like earlier um but like it's nice to kind of have heard like from other people about what it meant for them as well um jared sent in this uh sent you this iMessage thing <laughs> congratulations motherfucker you earned it <laughs> there's a soundboard here for a reason this is <laughs> okay I'm yeah. nervous. I'm so nervous right now. Podrick doesn't really know. Pod, I don't think Podrick knows everything that's about to happen. But just sit back a little bit, Podrick, right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just... Uh, okay, I'm going to stop being nervous in a second. I haven't seen all those responses on the tweet. And then uh, Jared sending in that video thing. It kind of got me thinking about like some ideas of some things that maybe we could do to kind of mark this final episode. And so... I enlisted the help of some friends, and this is your indie life, Podrig. What is happening? <laughs> We're going to still go through this list, Podrig, of things that we wanted to touch on and like different memories that we have from things. I'm going to fade this thing out. But we're going to have a little bit of help from some friends along the way. <laughs> so just be ready for it. <laughs> <laughs> I am definitely not ready for any of this. Uh, okay, I better try to take the lead a little bit then. We're going to start in Dublin, okay? So this is before before there was Super Top, but we had we knew some friends in common there. It was, you remember X-Cake? Mm-hmm. Like you were around when X-Cake was kind of getting set up and stuff like that right you were... there was like a, a northern irish group called x cake before there was one in dublin mm. and then i think the idea was to maybe have one national one because ireland's a pretty small place and that people could come down on the train or sometimes we'd go up to belfast um i don't think that ever really played out but but yeah the name came from the, the name was there before i had anything to do with it <laughs> you just like take you're just like don't blame me for the name <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, I wasn't around at that point, or at least was wasn't involved in the in the developer scene at that stage. Uh, but definitely in later years, like I, when I lived in Dublin, I remember like XK kind of being this basically like important to me in terms of like having a sense of community around what I was doing because I was working even this before even with you and like kind of working on just my own app and like just that sense of community that was able to come I think out of like having these meetups, which basically always ended up in the pub. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was talks and stuff, but like it, it was just. It was about the pub, really. Um, and I, I have some messages from people from, like, back in those Dublin days. And let's let's just jump in with some. Hello from your hometown of Dublin, Porrick. Dermot Daly here. Just want to wish you all the best as you move on. Um, first, The first email I've ever had for you goes back 10 years. We've known each other that long from the early days of X-Cake. And it's always been a pleasure bumping into you, be that over at WWDC or when you came to Ull. Um, and I just want to let you know that Castro is still my everyday go-to-use podcast client. So thanks to you and Ushin for building it. And I wish you all the best. Ah, oh, thanks, Dermot. <laughs> if, if you're listening, thanks for making Ool happen. That yeah. was, that's been pretty good. Yeah, Ool was like this amazing thing, I think, that, like for for the developer scene in Ireland. Like, I know it wasn't, ever, it wasn't a developer conference, but just in terms of like having a, like a, a conference of that caliber like be based in Ireland, I think really helped in terms of I don't know, just feeling like 
yeah, good stuff happens here. <laughs> Completely, yeah. Yeah, I remember thinking, like, Ireland has no business having this serious and good of a conference. <laughs> 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 that, like, yeah, that it's totally disproportionate to the size of it. And um, But, yeah, it was really cool. And I think really pushed the profile of uh, Irish developers a lot. It's not just a tax haven. <laughs> it's also a place where you can have a good conference. I'm going to just keep going here. Okay. Hey, Podrick. Hey, Oshin. This is Vinnie Coyne here. Um, first off, just want to say thanks to you guys so much for um, Castro. It's been a trusty companion of mine on my daily commute for um, well, the past six years now or so. Um, I think it's safe to say that we're all big fans of Panic here. Um, and what you guys have done for apps on iOS, you know, it's it's equivalent to what Panic have done for apps on the Mac. I, I just have to pause there for a second just to be like, anything we did that's like Panic is maybe just without the success. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, the work you guys have been doing has just been a stellar example of how to build top-notch software. And uh, I know... You know, personally, when I am working on something that's particularly tricky, I do often ask myself, you know, what were the guys at Supertop do? How would they, um, you know, improve this feature or um, this design? And so, you know, thanks for being the the guiding light there. Um, As a fellow Irishman, uh, I just want to say I'm really, really proud of what you guys have both achieved. And uh, I'm really, really excited to see what comes next from, from the both of you. Um, so best of luck to Porik on what you're doing next and best of luck to Oshin on continued success with Super Top and with Castro. Cheers, lads. Cheers, Vinny. Uh, Vinny, you're too nice. <laughs> he won. He literally won an award for being the nicest developer in Ireland. <laughs> it might have been best developer, but... It... <laughs> That's amazing to hear. And the idea that like we're an example for people or anyone looks up to our stuff is totally news to me and also really flattering to hear the secret to what we would have done in if you're ever wondering that from a design point of view it's the secret is we would have spent about two years talking about (laughs) before moving (laughs) before getting anything done yeah get hung up on it (laughs) hey guys dave mcmahon here formerly of redwind software from back in the good old days just wanted to wish you guys all the best congrats on all your achievements with super top over the years No two guys deserved it more, and it's been so cool to witness that success. You guys are always a perfect example of the app biz done right, and professionally and personally, just great guys. Always a pleasure to be around. So, Padraig and Oshin, the very best of luck to you both with everything in the future. No doubt you'll continue to make great products that we all use. Cheers, lads. This is this is overwhelming. Thanks, Thanks, Dave. Uh, Redwind are amazing. (laughs) I know it's not around anymore. Remember hanging around with the Redwind guys in in like in San Francisco? That I think it was the year when we ended up then going off and making Castro one afterwards. But I just remember hanging around with them and yeah, having having all the laughs. That was back when like a huge contingent of Irish people who all knew each other would all come to WWC and there'd be like twenty or thirty people all traveling together, and it would be hashtag Paddy Invasion on Twitter, <laughs> yeah. which I always cringed at, but now I really miss it. <laughs> Redwind were like they had probably a hundred different apps in the store like different uh quiz games and uh i remember at some point in our careers being like oh we all started off meeting at that x cake thing and like dermot daly's running conferences and has like a successful consultancy and the redwind lads have like 20 people working there i don't know if they had 20 people but in my head they did 
Um, and I was like, oh, and we're still like two people not making any money. <laughs> but they're, they all seemed like, yeah, I don't know, very successful, smart people. Yeah, I remember when Red Wind shut down and just having this sense of like, that shouldn't happen. Like, yeah, it's Red Wind. They shouldn't be like, it has to be Connor and Dave. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I guess all, all good things come to an end. Mm-hmm. Here's one more Paddy Invasion. Hey, this is Liam here from the Barely Remembered, always overly long and often poorly recorded verbose <laughs> podcast featuring the groundbreaking concept of three middle-aged white guys talking about technology. <laughs> Just here to say all the best, Podrick, on your continuing adventures. I'll never be able to look at a squid again without thinking of Castro, the coolest podcast out there, which is actually great because previously the association was always to the restaurant scene in Old <laughs> Best of luck with everything, guys. <laughs> Oh my god! Uh, oh, that old boy movie is so good. I'm gonna watch that again. <laughs> that was one of the last ones I received. I I only got to put that one in my soundboard this morning. Oh, thanks, Liam. <laughs> I was on the Verbose podcast once or twice. Oh, it was one of the the original podcasts that we tested the the Castro ones artwork generation stuff with. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Um, to try to make it look cool, which it did. It did indeed. Uh, that was amazing, Ashin. Thanks for doing that. Oh, I'm also terrified that there are more supplies. We're oh, only no. getting started. We're only getting started. In lemon with an iPhone, right? That's a blog post that we wrote at one stage about how Supertop kind of originated. Uh, we had met before that in college, uh, but we hadn't really been in touch since then. Um, then I was meeting up after work one day with a mutual friend of ours, John Ryan. Uh, we were met at a coffee shop called uh, called Lemon. Um, and Padraig was there. And I hadn't seen him for years, so I was quite happy to see him. But then I noticed that he had an iPhone, and it was the first iPhone I'd ever seen. And I was very, very happy to see him. <laughs> <laughs> Soon after that, I got my first iPhone and hassled Padraig to help me figure out how to uh, jailbreak it so that I could actually use it instead of just looking and playing with the lock screen, uh, which he helped me do and thus a beautiful friendship was born (laughs) i sound like i'm reading this i'm actually just making this up off the top of my head (laughs) anyhow that john ryan joins us now what hey podrick hey oshin um it's i guess a lifelong goal of mine to have a cameo on the super top podcast (laughs) so i'm finally achieving that but the main reason i'm sending this message is uh, to say Congrats and, and good luck to Podrick on all that he has ahead. Um, since becoming a father, I've kind of like dropped off the internet. So Oshin texted to ask what I sent a message and I had to ask him um, why, why this was the last episode uh, with, that you'd be on. So he sent me the the tweet link and uh, I caught up from there. So I was super shocked, um, but also, I guess, you know, super excited for what you have, have next. So myself and Podrick have known each other, I think, maybe 18 years we briefly crossed over at uh, university together um, before Podrick decided he would be much smarter and just go make money instead of sitting <laughs> in school and paying money to be there. Um, we about, I was trying to figure out the dates, I guess about a decade ago, we were working on a bunch of web projects together and kind of came up with some ideas for how we might make that process better and turned it into um, a Mac app called Mountie. Um, and went on to build a couple of other apps together, uh, basically anything that could have a, a pun in the name. And I think, you know, I like to think that that played through to your uh, naming criteria for Castro. So 
Um, but yeah, I, I think, you know, some of the projects I'm most proud of are ones that I, I worked on with you and, um, you know, I, I was super jealous when you and Oshin, uh, who I also know from, from university, um, got together and started working on this top secret podcast app. And, uh, it's been such an amazing product and I've loved seeing it kind of grow over the years and I'm super excited to see, uh, yeah, what you're going to get up to next. I think your poetry is always, you know, one of those people who's super talented, but also like just super nice and down to earth. So you, you know, you can't really hate him uh, for his talents. That's always yeah, a little frustrating, but, um, yeah, I, uh, you gotta, you gotta come see me in New York again. It's been a while, um, since we've hung out, but, um, let's do that. And I'm excited to hear what you're, what you're going to get up to, up to next. All the best. And, uh, yeah, I know, I know Oshin can, uh, can take it from here. Ah, John. That's amazing. You definitely can't hate me for my taunts. <laughs> That's not the reason. Um, no, that that was amazing. And yeah, I remember working on... I, I actually mentioned Mountie earlier, or I don't think I said the name, but uh, that was that app that was like the Mac Fuse thing for that would make Expression your Expression engine templates or something? Yeah. Else? So like, okay... This, I'm like distracting from the niceness of, of John's message by explaining Expression Engine, but it's a content management system. All your templates would used to be on, you could only change them through a web browser. And we made this thing that would like represent them as files on your Mac. So you could use Coda or TextMate or whatever back in the day to work on your templates and it would automatically save them onto the server. Um, kind of an insane first commercial app to make because if you screw up, you've like, possibly deleted somebody's whole website like it's, <laughs> it's a real person's work um it's not just like a side i don't know i even feel safer with castro where like if someone loses all their podcasts i'm like i'll try my best to fix it but i'm not going to lose sleep over it but like if i deleted a week of someone's work i was always kind of scared of that did anything bad ever happen i think there was once but we were able to we were able to bring it back somehow we were hmm. lucky um but but yeah i remember working on that and having like basically looking at transmit as an interface because it was like a file system um still being like influenced by panic even then and like i knocked some crappy looking thing together just as like to test the concept and i never really felt like it was going to happen until john made the icon for us which was like you know when you uh put a usb drive in or like open a dmg file on a mac you get that little uh hard disk icon that like yeah. 3d looking one he made one of those we'll include this in the show notes and you should definitely go look at it um the he made one of those that was looked like a mounties uniform like a canadian rcmp officer um and the idea was that it's for like the concept of mounting a file system is a thing in unix which nobody knows about probably but um and then ee was the abbreviation for expression engine so mount ee was mounty know, it works on so many levels so good mm -hmm. Were you in Canada at the time or you were still in Dublin? Uh, no, I was still in Dublin. But I remember when I saw that icon, I was like, okay, this app is real now. It's happening. And then like from there, I was just fully fully motivated to finish it and get it shipped. Um, I think that's when I made that connection between like you have to work with someone who's really good at design or I have to work with someone who's good at design stuff and can give me some kind of image about what it's going to look like when it's done so that I like that's how I get motivated or at mm. least it, it was then definitely. So yeah, remember John was just amazing for that because he's like an extremely talented designer. It's interesting because that reminds me of stuff that we've said recently about like working with Jesse. Is it like 
like maybe we went into some period in the middle of there where we were like oh no we can do it all we can do it all <laughs> and then at the end we're like oh actually no yeah we need jesse it's good it's nice we're having jesse to send us high, high fidelity mock-ups high fidelity sorry <laughs> <laughs> high fidelity podcasts um yeah i i definitely get something from that from and like when jesse shows stuff that's like shippable even like if we decide to tweak it or we change the whole idea it really helps to see like oh this is what we're talking about and it like makes me feel like there's a real thing behind it okay you're going to start like suspecting every single thing i say now that i'm trying to lead you, lead the conversation in certain ways and you're you'll probably be right half the time so let's just uh hey padrig it's jesse hurlitz i just wanted to say that i have been so nerded out to get to work with you uh, Castro is one of my most favorite apps that's on my home screen and I use it every day and to get the opportunity to make some pixels for it has been awesome but what's been even more awesome is getting to know you and the kind person that you are and uh, not only that but the talented person that you are uh, I love the thoughtfulness that you put into the work and it's it's really great to get to collaborate with somebody who is a real pro so I wish you well on the next thing um and i hope to be in your life going forward have a great podcast <laughs> thanks so much jesse yeah as we just said it's been amazing to to work with you and to have that feeling again of like finished pixels yeah we got to meet uh briefly um a few weeks ago in vancouver here so that was that was nice he's in bc but he's in the cusp which is a long drive away from here yeah bc is big <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm actually not leading it in a particular direction for a clip <laughs> on this one. So, like, because this is just uh, about us again. But like, let's talk. The first app that we did was tokens. You had just moved to Canada. I was still in Ireland, um, and I was like, this was when I had kind of been. Do I had made my first iPhone app, and we had been talking about. We had been doing some kind of web projects together, and eventually we were like, oh, let's make a let's make an app together. John talked about like been jealous when we started working on Castro or whatever but I think I must have been influenced by like you and you, you and John having like these side, these projects and making these products and stuff together so I wanted in on that <laughs> um I remember like working on tokens and we worked with I I do not have a clip of Darren Morris so <laughs> I'm this is not leading but I do remember working with Darren Morris on that and like for for the UI of the whole app and and on the icon which yeah we went into insane detail with that icon actually yeah this ties in well with what I just said about Mounty <laughs> I maybe I was just so hung up on the idea of like you have to have a good icon I feel like there's a a clear marker point there like a milestone where I can see in the past we used to work a certain way and now we don't hmm. so like the icon for tokens which was called code monkey at the time um just got so out of hand in terms of us like skeuomorphism was in full effect everybody was all over it and there was no crit i don't think i read any criticism of it it was like when ios 7 showed up that that conversation or like in the lead up to ios 7 that conversation maybe started kicking off a little bit but at the time it was like yeah make it look like a real thing as much as you can and have a ton of fun with it um like the bus coover icon for my bus app uh, darren mars helped with as well and it's like it looks like it's a bus itself but it's also this cute icon shape 
Um, and so tokens, we were trying to think about all the different concepts for like a token, like at a fairground, you get maybe a ticket or a coin or something that lets you go on the ride or like to go on the bus, I guess, in the past in America, you'd have like a special token that you'd buy and that you'd just put into the bus. And so I remember exploring all these different possible ideas um, and that that was coming into the UI. And just the amount of revisions we went through with poor Darren, who would be within his rights never to talk to us again after that. <laughs> like, I don't think we've ever, anyone's ever worked so hard as a designer to please someone who wants such a stupid thing. <laughs> we have a screenshot of it, like an early iteration on the Code Monkey UI here, uh, which we'll, yeah, we should put this in the show notes as well, because I, I think it just stands as a marker of like a time, not just in our careers, but of like, yeah, this is what software, this is what Mac software aspire to be uh, and yeah yeah the bus Coover app icon is in it as well so all sorts of reasons mm-hmm. and i remember that was that, that app well just on the icon we spent a long time just things like make it more realistic or change try this edge on the coin or whatever and the angle that it was going to be at um a million things like that and now i cert i really wouldn't look at things that way it'd be like we need an icon for this app let's think about some concepts and then pick one and do it mm. like there's no way it'd be weeks and weeks of revisions. And I I wonder, I think there was a mixture of like, well, I guess it's innocence or naivety at the time, which is kind of a good thing because you're much more willing to like put more into it than when you're like old and cynical. You're just like, just give me an icon, who cares? But also like, it's a really poor use of your time and resources. Like once you have a good icon, then you're good. You don't need to keep trying to polish it. Like every extra week you spend on that after it's already good, it's pretty much wasted time. So yeah, along the way, I've definitely got a bit more practical about like where we should get hung up on things. Um, I don't know if you feel like that too, but... Yeah, no, totally. Definitely makes a lot of sense. But yeah, so anyway, another thing on tokens. Tokens was an app that scraped promo codes from iTunes Connect so that you could... Uh, easily get one without having to log in to through like 12 different screens in iTunes Connect. Um, you could just like open this Mac app and click a button and it would do all that stuff for you in the background, give you a promo code, which had a web link. So you could send that web link to somebody, then they could install the app on their phone. And you'd also get like, you'd get notified that they had like, they, they had used that token. So they'd like clicked on install or whatever button we had. So you could send one to like some blogger you were excited about using your app and then you'd get like told that they had installed it, which was super exciting because you always wanted people to try your app out. Um, So I sent it to Cable, Cable Sasser from Panic, because I thought like, here's someone who might use this because the way to promote paid apps at the time was to give people a free copy, like back when most apps were paid or like most interesting apps were paid. I remember thinking, I'll run it by cable and see if he has any feedback. And he let us know a few things. I remember, you know the little notch, uh, the triangle selector thing for which icon you have selected at the top, Mm -hmm. for which app? Um, When you click on a different one, that animates over to it. And he suggested using a different animation curve. Oh, yeah, yeah, because we just had a linear. Yeah, I think it was linear. And he had like used the in-out one, I think. 
Uh, so it kind of accelerates to start and then slows down at the end. Is that right? Yeah, I've I've never used a linear animation ever since. Thanks, Cable. <laughs> yeah. So I remember that being like, oh my God, Cable got back to us and he actually gave us useful feedback, um, which was probably the start of a lot of other things where like we got to work with them eventually because we had some kind of relationship. Those are my stories about tokens that come to mind. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so our second app and the app, I guess, that's or that was the start of what I think uh, most people probably know us for or our our biggest product uh we started at uh Dubs WDC in in 2013 um which was yeah the officially the end of skeuomorphism in the world <laughs> um it was the year that we all learned the word skeuomorphism and then the year we killed it <laughs> yeah yeah we had been planning to start a new product we went to WWDC thinking and we had plans for I was going to come up to Vancouver then afterwards and we we're going to plan out some new Mac app I can't even remember if we had did we have ideas for what the Mac app might be mm, none that I remember we wanted to come up with some Mac thing to do anyhow oh I remember one uh, I wanted to make a HTTP client like Paul oh yeah yeah Paul didn't exist at the time there are a couple of good ones now Paul's the one I like but I haven't really tried the other ones so yeah, I was pretty into that idea. I think that was still like developer tools. We could like use the same. We met a bunch of people through tokens. We could probably market it to the same group of people. I was thinking like, ah, oh, that kind of makes sense. But like also, I think with tokens, we had expected to be more successful than we were. Um, I remember before launch setting up like an Amazon CloudFront CDN so that if our website got linked on during Fireball, it would stay up. Um and of course we got nowhere near that level of traffic because it's such a niche app like to it's just something that gets you promo codes it's something that's it's definitely a headache for developers but it's only a headache like once or twice a year when they launch an app it's not a headache like every day it did okay but like it worked out for us and i don't regret doing it in it by in any stretch but i think part of the decision to try to think do something that was more of a consumer app was based off that off like learning from like developer tools are hard yeah and i think kind of the reset of ios 7 and like apple's big focus on on a big push for ios that year i think there was hardly anything about mac in that wwdc at all mm. um i think that kind of reinforced or sorry i think that kind of made us it was, it was twofold number one was look if apple's putting all the attention on ios and if we want to be to make something that's popular at this time like maybe that maybe this is a good reason to like focus on ios um and the other thing was because they had changed like the look and feel of the os so much um i think it gave us like a bit of kind of gave us the notion that like okay there's going to be a bit of a reset here like apps that like are popular right now every everybody's going to need to go through a big change to get to like be a good ios 7 app mm. um and so like maybe this is a chance for us to to enter the there and like like maybe there's a chance for newcomers to come in that like don't already have to carry everything around that like the, the older apps do at some point um, marco armand wrote a blog post describing basically the same thing that like ios 7 is a new opportunity to attack a category i think was that phrase is in my head as from that blog post hmm. where yeah all the other apps are established in the old style and they're gonna have a hard time moving over so if you're starting from scratch now it's a great time and like and that played out like Instacast was the like the main podcast app the main indie podcast app for sure at the time like totally dominant he was i think the Instacast guy was hiring people and everything at the time um and it 
didn't survive that transition like it was around for a few more years but i think it just lost it lost something about what was important to it as they made that transition um and as well like obviously there's more competition but yeah but yeah we decided to make a podcast app yeah, I remember telling Alan Pike about it. <laughs> yeah, I do. We we told Alan we wanted to make a broad, we wanted to make an app in a broad category, and he, what, what did he say? I think he was like, "Oh yeah, that's a great idea, as long as it's not a podcast app." <laughs> because he had been, I think he had been listening to ATP or reading Marco's blog posts more closely, and maybe he had friends in, had friends who knew friends. Yeah. So he knew that Marco was working on something. <laughs> hey, this is Alan Pike with a note for Padraig. It was almost exactly six years ago that we first discussed your wild idea of doing a podcast app. Since then, it's been fun following along as you two have built something really special. And it's been a privilege to send you annoying emails along the way. I'm excited to see what's next. (laughs) Any annoying emails he sent us were because he was right and we were wrong. (laughs) Yeah, there's been this ongoing uh, meme with Supertop where we... Meet Alan, show him an interface we're working on or an idea we have, and he'll criticize it in some way. We'll ignore him, and then six months later, we'll do what he said we should do. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, Alan has never sent us an annoying email. His feedback is always really helpful and useful. Thanks, Alan. Alan is also was also probably the biggest uh, supporter of the Supertop podcast financially, I think. Oh, yeah. He may, may be responsible for 100% or 90% of the ad <laughs> revenue we ever received on this show. Yeah, we had a few other people who sponsored it, but but he Steamclock, Steamclock Software, who may be hiring, maybe they're not. Anyway, you should work with Alan. When when I was thinking about uh, what job I would do next after this, I very strongly considered Steamclock. And if if there hadn't been an Apple job on offer, I think Steamclock is the the company I would want to work at in Vancouver, definitely. So there you go, Steamclock <laughs> is good. Um, so Alan tried to give us a heads up about not make not like doing a ton of work to make a new app that was going to compete in a category with another majorly famous indie named Marco Arment. And I at the time I thought we can definitely we can compete. And I still think that was the right choice. Like I think Castro is a significantly different app from Overcast and it's good in different ways. Overcast has certainly got more users over the years and I think Mark, I definitely underestimated Marco from a business point of view. Um, and But if I was giving someone advice about what app to start, I think I'd probably, I think Alan was giving good advice then. Like you can compete with someone else who's really established there, but like I think if you can avoid competing with Apple and another major established indie who already knows everybody, who like everyone will be happy to have on their podcast or to interview on their blog, I think life is going to go a bit better for you if you don't have that. There's my advice to other <laughs> indies. Don't even try. <laughs> what is my message here? <laughs> well, I wouldn't I wouldn't make like an FTP app right now. <laughs> like I, wouldn't, I wouldn't try to make transmit a transmit competitor. I think that would be miserable. Like when there's someone in, not just in that market, but already in the like the indie subset of that, I think that is extra hard. Like if you go and make a new, uh, I don't know, a new something app. I, I'm afraid to name anything in case I insult anyone, but make a new app that does something important on your phone that doesn't have like a clear 
indie person behind it who is a personality i think you can kind of own that part of it or like you can appeal to that group where when it gets split between multiple apps then i think it's it's a lot harder anyway i don't know why i'm giving advice <laughs> let's let's get back to you playing nice audio files at me okay let's go for one Hey, long-time listener, first-time caller here. This is Ellen Shapiro. Uh, you may know me as Designated Nerd on Twitter, and uh, I've been a really big fan of the stuff that uh, Supertop has done for a really long time. Uh, the first UI element that I ever truly uh, aspired to rip off was the, the segmented <laughs> control that was in Castro 1. Um, and guys, I really mean that as the highest of compliments. It was pretty great. Um, and I wanted to wish uh, Padre uh, good luck going out on his own, and uh, Oshin and the, the team uh, continuing on with Castro, the best of luck with that. I still use it pretty much every day, and uh, I am really looking forward to seeing what new stuff you're both going to be working on, and uh, best of luck in this next stage. Thanks so much, Ellen. That's amazing. I remember when Ellen had, the, remember she had, it was a conference talk somewhere? We started yeah. getting tweets that I think Daniel Jalkut or something sent us a tweet or a few people started sending us tweets that Ellen was, when she was presenting this talk. She had, oh, had she reached out to us before that? Uh, I'm not sure. I don't remember. And yeah, I remember, yeah, that she gave it like a talk kind of dissecting that control and like how to build it back up again. You know, I think she might have messaged me before to like make sure it was okay. Which she, totally which was. is like not necessary <laughs> at all. There have been people who've ripped off things in Castro, and it's just sad. Like when they make when they make a podcast app that like sort of does what we do, but like is really ugly. Like there's two or three apps like that, um, and that's just like that's not good. But the the imitation that's the sincerest form of flattery is when it's like somebody really liked what they did, what you did, and focused in on a particular part of it, um, which was like I really felt totally flattered by Ellen dissecting that segmented control yeah and it's really interesting as well just to even see like like see then how like she how she did build it back up and like what her approach was and like yeah it draws attention to the details as well which i think often like the things we spend a ton of time on aren't always obviously to users things that have that have had that much work which like in a way that's what you want that it's just like wow this app is amazing i don't even really know why i just love using it but it's really nice to have someone like when when you're the designer or developer behind us to have it be recognized that way of like well this is a special thing that's worth it's worth like the community talking about how to do this and we should copy it because it's a good ui versus like oh let's make a podcast app that has triage and looks like crap <laughs> <laughs> that was the mission statement for castor too <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it reminded me as well of like when Castro 2 did come out and it was the night mode transition. That was another thing where I think like an open source version of it like kind of popped up. Like I think even bef- I think based just on the preview video of what Castro 2 was, then all of a sudden it was like this open source component of like this is how to do the Castro 2 night mode transition, which in Castro 2 was either not out yet or was out like had just come out like that day or something Mm. it was kind of that was another fun yeah and again that transition was such a cool special thing that it's like in a way it still felt like somebody noticed and they care enough like people copy tweetbot stuff like that yeah or like not copy but like provide open source versions of it so it was cool to see or like even like i think castro's i mean that that in castro basically started from tweetbot's version i guess yeah completely kind of like kind of going from there yep everything is a remix um remember in castro one we made the artwork all circles <laughs> yeah people love that yeah 
universal acclaim. That's why we got rich. Yeah, people got mad about those circles. Some people. We put some amount of effort into that. I think we were crazy. Why would we? I don't know why we made the circles. Okay, so let me just explain the problem in good faith rather than just pretending they're idiots and everyone should accept that. So Podcast Artwork is square. We wanted the podcast and Castro to feel like profiles in a social media app. Um, so we thought the circle idea would be cool. Um, it looks really good on some podcasts, but like obviously if you just crop the edges, tons of podcasts have writing in them. Like there's, it's just a word form or word mark. Uh, and if you cut that off, obviously it looks a bit crappy. So when people criticized it, I remember instead of either just accepting it and changing it to be a randrect, um, or which we eventually did in Castro too. So you you won that round, circulists. <laughs> um, or just ignoring them, which are those are your real two options. Oh, you we could spent, just make it a square, but no way. Yeah, <laughs> I think yeah. I really think the cells just look so lopsided when they're squares. Mm. Um, but anyway, so what we did was we spent a ton of time writing something that could detect what the edge color was, and then we'd try to center. So we'd center the full square artwork in the middle of a circle and then fill in the segments along the edge with whatever that background color was. So any podcast that had a solid color as the background would look great, basically, um, because it it would be the full artwork, but just in a circle. And I'm looking at it right now, and it does look really good for the ones that have solid colors. <laughs> and then the other ones are still cropped, which, I don't know, looks a little... I'm mixed on it. <laughs> make it a hidden option in in oh that's Castro. i've been trying to think of like an easter egg there you go that's what you can do now on your last day yeah <laughs> so it's thursday it's coming up to noon i have about maybe 10 hours of work left well you have about 10 hours of this podcast left for a start yeah that's true yeah. <laughs> buckle up we're not done yet um okay i need to write that down i'm gonna forget so Circles in Castro too. That's happening. Okay, nice. <laughs> I'm gonna lob a clip at us. Hey kids, it's Baz McBrien. So, Porig, I heard the news. Uh, uh, just thought I'd leave a quick message to say best of luck for the future. All right, take care, guys. Bye. Short and sweet. He's a man of few words, Baz. That's not true at all. Actually, he's a man of a lot of words, but just not a ton of words there. Baz deserves a very special mention, though, uh, in the context of of Castro and of Supertop. Because he's the guy who came up with the name, Castro. Mm-hmm. So if you love the name Castro, thank Brian. And if you... Barry. I'm going to go on. <laughs> <laughs> I think Billy is going to be very happy with this, with this podcast. Uh, <sighs> I'm sorry, Baz. <laughs> I should have stuck with Baz. That's, the, that's, where, that's where you went wrong, you see. Well, it's Baz McBrian. Brian McBaz. Anyway, this is... Okay, nobody wants to hear me saying Brian McBaz. I'm going to clip that out and put it on the soundboard for all future episodes of my new podcast about bikes. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the name was Supercast for a while, and it still is in the like original repo, I think is called that. And we couldn't come up with any names that were good because we realized every app had like cast in it. Like you have to have cast and like it's hard to come up with a good name with cast, especially when it has to be a pun as well. Um so I remember he said he DM'd you a list. Do you still have that DM? I tried to find an image of it. I can't find it. Uh, that's, I wonder if it's in one of our slacks. If we anyway, it was a list of name ideas that he had, and even though we can't even show you a screenshot, Overcast was on there as well. Before it was right next to Castro. It was yeah. pretty funny. <laughs> Can you imagine if we had? Because Marco, I'm sure he registered Overcast as a trademark, and it would have been a disaster if we'd picked it. 
Yeah, just like the way we man- we registered Castro as a trademark, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> did. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Baz. After Castro came out, is kind of like that's kind of when we first ever like started going on on podcasts and stuff like that. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, those episodes are probably still out there somewhere. Remember, I mean, that's I mean, I was going to say I remember getting like so nervous before those things, but. It, even when it's our own podcast, I still get nervous before it anyhow until we're actually like going. Like mm. I got pretty nervous before today's one as well, especially just because of all my secret planning. <laughs> was iterate the first one? Yeah, I think it was iterate. I think it was iterate and yeah, and then Mike's Mike's first podcast. Or not Mike's first podcast, but Mike the earlier version of Mike's podcast. Iterate was Mark Edwards, uh Seth Clifford's and Rene Ritchie, famous Rene Ritchie, the most famous of all. <laughs> um, I remember vividly being, that was, I think that was the first podcast we were on and I was super nervous because they were all like fairly famous people who I'd heard of before and we were still completely learning like podcasts, radio show etiquette of like how do you deal with different people who want to say the same thing or how do you take turns talking and I remember I was answering some question Rene asked and they were their format was a lot more um a lot less messy than ours where they had like i think they had five or six they overall had questions, questions. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so they would ask questions which they were probably just pasting in to like the, we were all on skype so they'd read out the question and then i would hear i could see in skype it would say renee richie's typing and i remember just completely losing my nerve because he had just he had just his voice had asked the question and then i could see he wasn't i felt like he wasn't listening to me because he was typing (laughs) where now i'm like on this podcast talking to you and i'm typing loads of different notes as i figure as i like have ideas while you're talking so it's a totally normal like (laughs) professional thing to do as you're podcasting but i remember at the time just being like oh what the hell and my brain is just thinking about that while my mouth is trying to answer the question and i have no idea what i said but i'm scared to go back and listen (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I'm sorry I wasn't better at radio stuff then. Thanks for having us on the show anyway when, like, we clearly weren't worthy of us. <laughs> okay, here's the greatest. This is the start of this clip. Is This is just the best intro that anybody gave themselves. This is a message from <laughs> Hello, Padre Ganoshin. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure to work with you on Castro over the last few years. Uh, I can only imagine what a wild ride it's been for you for the past five, five or so years. Um, you should definitely be proud of your immense contribution to the indie scene and, and podcasting as a whole. I don't think any of us anticipated how important podcasting would become to journalism. And I think um, Castro has played an important role there. Uh, I'm very excited to hear about your new adventures and look forward to catching up again in person soon. Good luck. It's kind of cool to think that like, of like how nervous we were from the first podcast and that then like years later that like how nice it was to get to know Mark and how nice he was to work on Castro 2 for free for us like absolutely refused to take any money from us and like drew all those icons and um yeah getting to hang out with him a good bit last uh, last month in in San Jose and stuff it's been a nice journey in that way yeah I hadn't met him ever had you met him before yeah I met him in San Francisco a few years ago yeah I hadn't met him at all so I had no you know when you interact with someone on the internet your brain forms some image of or like something of what they're like well yeah i was like why are you not wearing a helmet you're supposed to be wearing a helmet <laughs> completely <laughs> and like race car overalls <laughs> or something um, but yeah thanks so much for that message mark and for all your help over the years 
and yeah it's it's amazing to hear someone say that castro is like significant in that way so that's pretty cool too this next voice is a voice that doesn't really need an introduction once you hear it but i'm going to introduce him anyway since i forgot to ask him to say his name at the start of the clip but uh here's uh mike hurley i remember that i met you guys in april of 2014 at my first all conference um, I think at that point, Castro was really starting to take off and it was exciting to meet you both because it was a wonderful thing for us to kind of all be together. Relay FM didn't exist then, which is where I am now. Um, and it was a wonderful thing to talk to you both at a time when I was really thinking a lot about what my future was going to hold and both Oshin and you, Patrick, had wonderful things to say to me and to help me and encourage me. And it's been an incredible thing to watch over the last few years as you guys have really made a mark and built something incredible and beautiful and just like a wonderful application and this kind of feels like the end of an era in the way i know that obviously cash is going to continue and it's going to do great things but in my mind it's always been padraig and oshin and i think that's going to be it's, it's like a bittersweet thing i know that padraig are moving on to new things and i can't wait to see what comes from you next um and good luck to you both good luck to you padraig good luck to you oshin as well um, it's been a wonderful journey to see you two uh, work on this application together. And uh, I've been felt really lucky that I've been able to see that um, and to, to help you in any way that I could along the way. And best of luck, guys. Oh, thanks so much, Mike. I remember, yeah, I remember when Relay was starting. Like, I think what Mike and Stephen Hackett have built is pretty amazing. It's not that long ago either. Like, it's a few years and now it's like an institution. <laughs> yeah absolutely i always had like an ambition that one day we'd get good at podcasting and then maybe we'd have a relay show <laughs> <laughs> yeah like, it is interesting to think of like what we different stages of like what we thought the podcast was like yeah we definitely i think we're like at some point like okay yeah we can if we can build the audience up like we can get it to a point where we can like make money from sponsors Um we didn't get there but it just turned into like being something else i think having the flexibility to not be stuck on a weekly episode cycle was pretty important for us because there were just two of us and we were trying to run the app as well and there just wasn't always enough time to to do a good job of a podcast every week so i'm glad it worked out the way it did but it's always like in terms of yeah i always felt like if we were really taking podcasting much more seriously that'd be the ambition would be to be on relay yeah but i feel like what happened instead or like what the podcast really turned into us instead was about like like having a, a venue where like decisions that we're making and things that we're doing like we're able to express them and that there's not that it's not that that there's people then listening to that who like are who care and who are like advocating our position on certain things when like say when we brought out subscription in in castro tree or whatever that like we have clearly articulated our, or well i don't know about clearly but <laughs> we have tried to articulate ourselves on the podcast and we've like built some relationships with people who like enjoy listening to that and that like i think that has helped us at like at different stages in 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 the business it took me a while to come to this and to accept it, but I think a big part of being an indie developer is having some kind of a public face and sharing some of your struggle or something about what you're going through. Mm. Um, that people, you make friends, people see you as a human being. And at the start, that seemed a little, like doing that just so that your app can be successful still feels like very corporate and soulless to me. But but I think if you see it as part of the fun of what you're doing, then it's it can work out well. 
Um, so one segment that I wanted to do on the show, and <laughs> since we never managed to really build the podcast up to the point where we were having advertisers, we don't have sponsor breaks in this episode. But instead of taking a moment for a sponsor, I'm just going to let us uh, take a moment for a competitor. Hey, Podrick. This is Russell from Pocket Cast. Just wanted to wish you all the best on uh, this, your final episode of the Super Top Podcast. Uh, and of course, for the next stage of your journey as well. Uh, for those that don't know, I guess we've known each other for many years now, and I've got to say some of my favourite memories have been hanging out with you at various spots in uh, California for WWDC. Uh, and while some people, you know, they might think we're competitors and, you know, what's he doing on this podcast? I've always considered you a good friend, and I wanted to wish you all the best. And, of course, thanks to O'Sheen for letting me steal a minute or so um, of this, your final podcast. I, I do have one other small confession, though. Uh, I may have been wearing a Castro pin, one of the big ones he gave out at, at WWDC, and someone may have come up to me who was super excited to to have finally met, you know, the famous Podrag, and he he was really, you know, a huge fan of Castro, and he asked me, did I have a sticker? And I'm like, yes, yes, I'm Podrag, and, and here's your sticker. Um, and of course, I thanked him for his support, which is to say, I just want you to know that I knew you before you were famous, and uh, don't forget us little people on the way up, all right? All I was there, uh, I can verify that happened. <laughs> I had a lot of fun hanging out with Russell at WWC this year. We ended up meeting for a drink at the, the Fairmont, whatever the hotel that everyone was staying at that I wasn't staying at. Um, and yeah, I think it turned into about five drinks and we were there for the whole afternoon. <laughs> but, but yeah, it was really fun to hang out there. And yeah, I'm excited for what comes next from Pocket Casts. Should we reveal all the secret features that Russell told us about? Um, Maybe just like hide them in another Easter egg in the app. Okay, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> can be in the chapter markers if you go to the right chapter in this episode you can find out are we going to put a different chapter for every clip um, <laughs> I personally am not <laughs> um, I'm going to play two clips right in a row here just because this will never end if I don't start stringing these together a bit hi Podrick this is Charles Perry from the Release Notes podcast I just wanted to take a minute to wish you well on your new endeavours I don't know if you realize this or not, but you and Asheen are role models for a lot of other developers out there. You created a world-class app on your own terms, and you're able to sell the business. And now you're free to go wherever your interests take you next. So congratulations to you on all that you've accomplished, and I can't wait to see what you do next. Hey there, Padraig. This is Joe Chwinski coming at you from New York. And uh, yeah, I'm a huge, longtime fan of... Castro, the app, obviously, but also of the Super Top podcast, more importantly. Uh, when I heard that you were going to be uh, moving on to other things, you know, I was, I was a little bit bummed, just, just a little bit, because I'm going to miss listening to you guys chat and, and the conversation that you've had over the year about your business uh, have always been super valuable to me. And so uh, I wish you really well on, on whatever comes next, man. I'm going to be looking and very curious to see what you, you end up with. But I want to let you know that your work on Castro in particular has been very, very much appreciated by me. Uh, you know, it's got to be one of my top top three used apps on my phone, right? I mean, podcasting is, is a pretty big part of my life and all the things I listen to. So thank you for making an app that fits so well with the way I want to listen uh, to shows and uh, for all the hard work that you put into that. I, I really appreciate it. And uh, like I said, all the best for what's coming next. Thanks, Joe. I think the best compliment you can pay to a developer is to say that you use their app a lot. I like slightly feel bad that I'm disappointing all these people who are looking forward to seeing what's next because what's next is like, I start tweeting about Disney rides because <laughs> I'm not going to be talking about what I'm working on. Maybe in a few years, I'll come back and do something else. Hopefully, we'll still get to enjoy the fruits of your labor, even if we don't know uh, what it is. <laughs> yeah, if you're using something that Apple releases in a few years, then that was me. Just take credit for it all. 
yeah <laughs> and yeah thanks charles uh it terrifies me to think that i'm a role model for anybody but i really appreciate the sentiment <laughs> uh, joe and charles also uh, they run the release notes podcast and do release notes conference um it's a great podcast even the episodes that we were on were pretty good too um <laughs> uh, the conference i got to it last year i think for the first time in chicago it was yeah great few days of a conference and there's another release notes coming up um, at the end of this year i think october 2019 and it's in, in mexico, in mexico. Right? so yeah. yeah so if that sounds like something you'd be into i think i'd recommend people check that out yeah that sounds amazing let's move on from castro one we need to kind of probably start like <laughs> this is like uh okay i think one of the big periods or like if you try to like break down uh like the the like the scope of like the last seven years like two whole years of that is us basically making castro two or like throwing out Castro 1 and making Castro 2 and then a bunch of other things happened down along because it was taking us two years to get to the final version of Castro 2 um we've talked about it before on the podcast so maybe I won't go too much into it right now but like you mentioned it earlier on as well because I think we had started having contact with with cable back uh in the tokens days um I remember like when we needed contract work uh, leading up to Castro 2, contacting different people that we knew and being like, should we email Cable? But more like, kind of like, there's no way in hell this will ever actually turn into anything, but I guess we may as well send an email. Yeah, I remember we sent emails to a bunch of the different people we knew who were like running consultancies to see if we could, if there was anything we could do. And we had a weirdly specific, like, we weren't like, give us a project to do and we're just consultants who are available to work for you. Yeah, we wanted it to be like a month or two. Like, I don't know, we had like... Yeah, because we didn't want to get distracted from Castro 2 for like six months or a year. Yeah. So it was like, hey, does anyone have a job for us for like eight weeks <laughs> <laughs> that pays really, really well so that we don't have to work for six months? Yeah. <laughs> so we emailed a bunch of people and obviously nobody did pretty much. <laughs> but we met Cable and Stephen and a few of the other Panic people at wwdc yeah and And i think we had been talking we had pitched the idea by email and then it was like maybe it'll happen maybe it won't and then yeah we met them in san francisco and i think that was the first time we met dan yeah i think dan was uh he was taking a break for a few months but then came back after and they wanted somebody to keep working on his project this is dan (laughs) hi this is dan messing i work at a software company called panic uh, Padraig, I just wanted to say thanks for making the best podcast app out there that I use every day. Um, and thanks for collaborating with me sequentially on some really cool unreleased stuff. Uh, and good luck in your whatever you're up to next. I can't wait to see what you get up to. <laughs> okay, I have a few points here. Number one, Dan thinks you did everything. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, I love how... I love how uh, humble he is that he says a software company named Panic. It's like it's like saying I work at a, a computer company named Apple or something like that. It's like, <laughs> and yeah, he alludes to the project that we that we did uh, work on there, but he uh, like keeps it pretty secretive, um, which I think we always have as well. This next guy, though, he he's not so secretive. Hello, friends. It's me, Cable from Panic, which is ironic because, as you know. I don't really listen to podcasts like some idiot (laughs) stuck in the past. However, I'm very happy to be here right now and to tell you, congratulations. I mean, you both did something that is incredibly difficult. And I think people underestimate 
just the sheer weight and difficulty of doing it, which is you did your own thing. You made your own apps. You had your own company. Um, you know, like panic. We like to pretend that we have it, you know, pretty put together and we know what we're doing. But what we don't talk about enough is just how incredibly hard it can be. And it is difficult, but you did it. And even though it may be coming to an end, I hope you're both extremely proud of what you were able to accomplish together. And as you know, we've always admired your work because uh, we brought you on to work on something for us. R.I.P. the Audion Social Music Reboot app, which I still think is incredibly cool, especially that one feature, which I won't talk about. But anyways, <laughs> congratulations. You're, you're both great people. It's We've really enjoyed knowing you this whole time. We look forward to what you will both do in the future. Um, and I hope, uh, I hope it feels great. I think it will. I think you'll, you'll sit down and say, we're doing the right thing. This is the right decision. Um, and if you don't feel that way, <laughs> I didn't have a joke prepared for that. If you don't feel like you'll feel that way, you'll feel that way. I promise. It's uh, been a pleasure. And I hope that our paths will cross again in the future. And best of luck to you both. So long. Uh, nice. All right. Thanks, Cable. That's, um, that's a little overwhelming. Um, so yeah, in terms of people being role models, yeah, Cable is definitely someone I've looked up to for a long time. And now that I sort of like that we're friends, we know each other, it still feels super awkward when I have those moments where I'm like, Hey, you're my hero. <laughs> <laughs> um, but still that's, that's pretty amazing to hear. I can't, I can't imagine what, uh, Podrig from seven years ago would have thought if he'd known that he was going to get a message like that from Cable at the end of it. That's amazing, and yeah, that's. I don't think we've we always presumed we were never even allowed to say the the word that starts with a u d i o n, <laughs> but that's what we got to work on briefly there for a while. I think I've been looser with it recently as it got further in the past, but I shouldn't be. <laughs> that was a cool app, and it's too bad it didn't. Actually, one thing I was thinking about recently because I was interviewing and needed to talk about projects I'd worked on and Audion popped into my mind because it's like, hey, I worked at Panic. Everyone should be excited by that and uh, ignore any details about me and just think that I'm great because I worked with them for a while. <laughs> um, but I was thinking that like the fact that we worked on something that everyone agrees was super cool but had no business model was like <laughs> so on brand for us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm really happy I wasn't like applying for a job where I was going to be in charge of making there be more revenue because I don't think I'd have a lot to draw on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's good to have some consistency in your in your in your back yeah. catalog. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, that was like the opportunity of a lifetime for me and I and I think for us both. Panic were the company that made me want to. They were like the having the icon for an app. <laughs> that makes you want to go and build the whole thing. They're like, that's what I want to do. I want to make really nice software in like a small organization that's just clearly just has a lot of personality and character and does good work rather than like just doing something super corporate or, or going to make, go make loads of money working on servers at a bank or whatever. Or working for Apple. Yeah, no, it's different. It's different. Now I'm old and uh. <laughs> I'm old and bitter. <laughs> And actually, I think Panic doing Playdate as well really feels like 
such a good way to evolve into something new where like maybe they had some of that feeling of wanting to do something different and then turned it into that like that really impresses me to just to not get burnt out but to like synthesize that into something new i think there's something really amazing there and when cable said that we don't really talk much about how hard it is that that was pretty touching too i remember at wwc this year i used the castro podcast app side loading feature <laughs> nice name drop <laughs> feature drop <laughs> uh, i listened to a talk that he gave at what's that conference in portland that everyone loves i was about to say south by southwest but no xoxo yeah he gave a talk there where he did talk about how hard it can be sometimes and it's on youtube and you should totally side load it into castro because i was listening to that on the train out to a friend's house um and it I was halfway to making the decision to leave at that point or like it was definitely in my mind maybe not halfway and that was a real like just hit me like yeah man this is like it's you have to put a brave face on it all the time because it's kind of bad for business to be moping around all the time or to be complaining about your users or or how hard work is when everything's so good um so yeah anyway thanks cable (laughs) um here have you did did jared phone you recently no Jared Sinclair I don't think so I think he has our numbers mixed up or something because I keep getting all these weird messages <laughs> hey Padraig this is Jared sorry you missed my call man call me back I got an app idea <laughs> hey it's Jared listen this sweet app idea man it's gonna be a podcast player with a real high fidelity audio component we could call it Fidel come on call me this next one is the weirdest hey man I got another app idea it's like a video game or something about these two dudes that have to work together on something for a really long time. And it gets super hard because halfway through, one of the characters just quits the game. And you can only play the other one for a while, and he has to do all the work of both characters. It's crazy. It's going to be awesome. We can call it Super Top. All right. Call me. Yeah, I think you better call him, man. <laughs> So Jared was the original writer and owner of Unread, which um, after he uh, shut it down, we ended up acquiring it for him. Um, this was also in the middle of all this period where we just thought like Castro isn't making enough money. So what we need is more apps and more apps. I just remember just having this sense at that time that like, OK, the way to make it as an indie is going to be to like expand out so that we have more than one app so that it's not all focusing on on just that one app. Um which we then essentially then reversed course on and started like selling off all the apps eventually so that we could have more time to focus on Castro and more time to focus on Castro. But that's, yeah, the briefest history of Unread in super top hands until John Brayton took it over. My name is John Brayton. I had the privilege of taking over development of Unread in 2017. Padraig and Oshin, I want to thank you both for everything you did to develop Unread and to facilitate my taking it over. I also want to thank you for Castro. It is the best podcast client I have ever used. Padraig, I wish you great luck in your next adventure. Ashin, I wish you continued success developing Castro with your new colleagues. I mentioned the Release Notes podcast earlier, and that's actually the first time that I got to meet John in person was at at that conference. Um, There's actually a nice picture in in the Unread app of myself, Jared, and and him together at that conference. And the caption underneath it says... um, Padraig's absence from this photo is a bug, which I hope to fix soon. (laughs) Who knew it would be foreshadowing? Yeah, John's done a great job of taking over on Red. And I think on Red 2 is coming out soon. And I think it's also going to have a subscription, which I'm actually really excited about, even though it's like I have to pay money. The the feature set, I'm 
well, I, I'm on the beta, but I'm not going to talk about it because it's his app to release. But um, the subscription he has pre-announced, um, and I, I'm excited about it because I think it's like the only way we're going to see indie apps really thrive on iOS is for them to be able to make enough money that the businesses can survive with like 5,000 users or 10,000 users instead of needing like 5,000 or 10,000 new users every month. If you can just like have a small number like that as your base, then you can just go forever, right? Yeah. And I mean, getting to like 5,000 or 10,000 paid subscribers, it's not like that's an easy feat, but it's compared to as compared to uh, what we've seen people trying to do over the past, as the, as the App Store has developed over the past five or, or ten, year, 10 years, like... It just feels like that that is a much more feasible scenario. Still not easy. Like, <laughs> be careful about quitting your job too quick. But like, uh, yeah, I think like if you can get like 5,000 subscribers at a, at, a, at a reasonable rate, it's, yeah, you're set. So Yeah, you're doing okay. <laughs> so just do that. Yeah. <laughs> but I, yeah, like not everyone's going to be successful. That's true. But as compared to nobody being successful, I think it's still, it's still a big improvement. So I know that like I'm... I probably give them short shrift pretty often, but I know there are people who have pro- like philosophical problems with subscriptions and have difficulty like moving into that idea. But I just think like if you like the idea of one or two people being able to build software where you can actually have a relationship with them and shape what's going to happen, um, this is something you should just like bite the bullet on and like get the subscription, please. <laughs> On the theme of selling off our apps at different stages, uh, we sold tokens and top hat to Dennis Hennessy from Ireland, and here's a here's a short message from him. Hi, it's Dennis Hennessy with a message for Podrick. I first encountered Podrick and Ocean in the early days of Xcake in Dublin, and followed their adventures with Super Top as they built an indie business while Podrick was emigrating to Canada and Ocean seemed to be travelling the world. Their Tokens app was a great early example of how a native app can be much greater experience than a web app. And Castro, of course, is the true legacy of their collaboration and is an app I literally use for hours every day. As an Irish developer, I'm really proud of what the lads have produced and wish all the best for Padraig in whatever he does next. I'm also excited to see what Oshin does with Castro. Best of luck, guys. One thing that I found really nice and that I even honestly think maybe didn't hadn't reflected on enough before um before your announcement tweet um and reading down through like the responses from people to like some of the ones that jumped out at me the most were like from like irish developers that like that we've known like since the beginning um and yeah i still just like that whole scene in dublin like with xcake and with like even just whatever was happening online because we all happen to have found this thing called Twitter or whatever, but like this sense of that, um, I find it very nice to like hear from those guys. Yeah. Yeah. That was a nice message. Thanks Dennis. Um, and I'm so happy you took over top hat and tokens and they get to still exist. I'm like, I don't think I appreciated it at the time, but that community, the like supportive community around like iOS development back in Dublin, back in the day uh was definitely really helpful and especially since it's a bunch of people working on their own most of the day to like have a group you can go to and talk about the kinds of things that you face um while working is is really nice to have if you're in dublin and listen to this podcast and haven't made like if you don't know other people who are developers you should definitely go along to us they're very friendly people 
I, I give them like a great pitch at like minus 500 of our podcast <laughs> episodes. <laughs> Since those days, like uh, we've talked a lot, a lot <laughs> about uh, the opportunities we've had of working together, you and I. Uh, but there's, there's also other people that we've had the opportunity to work with along the way. We touched on panic, but let's hear from... A few others right now. The first one is from uh, Ryan McQuaig, who asked me to introduce him beforehand because his audio got cut off. Hoshin asked me to reminisce about Supertop. And one of the nice things about being slightly more elderly is that you're all obligated to listen to me do it. So, I met Padraig at a Cocoa Heads meetup in Vancouver, which back then was a bit of an odd place to find an Irish guy. And then I ran into him again with Hoshin at WWDC. It was the year of the great wispiness thing, the iOS 7 reboot. And coming off of doing tokens, they'd resolved they were going to do the most iOS 7 of podcast apps. And that became Castro 1, which was serverless long before that was cool. When it came down to do Castro 2, we'd since discovered that we only lived eight blocks apart. And so since I was definitely the most geographically nearby person who'd ever set up a web server, they decided to make me an official friend of Supertop. And we worked together on the Castro 2 server, which was a delight. And it's not often that I say that about distributed systems projects. <laughs> I've always been impressed at what Superdot has managed with talent and hard work, but even more with that too rare thing of a creative partnership fanned from a lucky spark. McCartney and Lennon, Simon and Garfield, no, no, too much. Maybe more <laughs> Nigel Tuffel and David St. Hubbins and Spinal Tap, fire, fire and ice and warm water. Still, my point is they all live on and so too will Supertop. Whatever form it and your creative friendship may take over the coming years. My best to Padre and Oshin and super top and whatever comes next i said i was going to run some of them into each other but i think ryan i think i I don't want to just start somebody else right after ryan yeah thanks ryan that's it's been amazing to work with you and uh ryan's become i, I mentioned before when when my wife and i had our baby like uh we didn't know a lot of people ryan has become one of the closest friends i have here and it, he's an amazing amazing fella and i'm glad i know him Here's a message from Glenn Gray, who worked with us on Unread for a while. Hey guys, this is Glenn Gray here. I just wanted to send you both a short message to let you know how great it's been to be a super top customer, to have gotten to know you both and for a period to have worked with you on Unread. It's a few years back that I eventually found my way to an ex-tech meetup in Dublin where I met Oshin. This was shortly after Porig had left for Canada, so we've actually yet to meet face to face. Listening to Ushin talk about indie life and working with Parag, I must admit I was super jealous. My jobby job just didn't seem that interesting. Like many of your fans, I listen to your podcast with interest for updates on the Doom Talk, and so it seems all good things must come to an end. I just wanted to wish you both all the success in the future and to say take care, guys. Thanks, Glenn. Yeah, that was that's super nice. We've been recording for two and a half hours. I, this is madness. Can you believe there's like people who do tech podcasts who do one of these every week? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, here's one of them. Here's another one of our competitors. Hey, it's Marco Arment. It might be kind of weird that I listen to the Super Top podcast, and it felt weird sometimes as the author of a competing podcast app, listening to you guys talk about what you were thinking about doing with yours. And I would get so annoyed when you'd announce a really cool feature that I didn't have, or you did something better than I did. <laughs> but it was like, it was the good kind of annoyed, if that makes sense. Like, Castro has always driven me to be better. And it's just a really small industry, really. I mean, I can count the number of podcast apps that really matter on one hand. 
And I don't even need a full hand to count the number of podcast app developers who are actually putting thoughtful design into it and coming up with real innovations. And there's almost nobody I can talk to about this business at the level that was often discussed here. And listening to it felt a lot like talking through common challenges with coworkers, even though we're really competitors. So the two of you were just an unstoppable team. I always enjoyed hearing your thoughts and your process and your decision-making rationale here on this podcast, and I'm really going to miss it. But I wish you both the best for the future, and thank you so much for making this great podcast all this time. Oh, thanks so much, Marco. I, did, I, I didn't realize you listened to our podcast. We've been giving away secrets. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel similarly about some of the stuff that he said, like about like about ATP. Marco's very open about technical challenges and different design decisions that he that come along the way. Um, and I feel like so often that I, I I listen through those segments and like take notes or uh, like send send stuff about it over to you or Bosco. Um, to like help with as as we're working through stuff so mm. it, it does feel that there is that sense there's this nice nice sense of 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 friendly competition um is a phrase that me and marco used in dms the other day it's like i'm only really interested in friendly competition i don't want to be i don't want to be getting into into spats with people yeah i think we have a lot of shared interests in terms of how the we want like podcasting to be and what's what's precious about it and what we should make sure we value where like other new competitors coming in and like who didn't know what a podcast was three months ago and are just like everything here is broken everything should work differently there shouldn't be rss feeds and there should be tracking like it's a lot easier to relate to someone else who's basically we're we're both in a way we're very much competitors because we are very much after the same group of people who like they want a podcast app and the Apple podcast app or the basic free ones that are out there aren't quite enough for them. Um, but in another way, we at least all want the same things for the podcasting market. So that's, and I think as long as Castro and Overcast, um, as long as there are apps like that out there, podcasting should continue. Like ATP can always publish its RSS feed. No one can take that away from them, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Somebody else who I'm very glad, especially now that you're leaving, to have had the opportunity to work with lately and into the future is Bosco Ho here in Vancouver. Wow, has it already been six years? It's been fun from beta testing the Furrier first Castro to shipping out some great new features this past year. All the best. It's been so great having him on the team and I'm, I'm looking forward to working with him for, for long to come. Yeah, thanks so much, Bosco. It's yeah, it's been amazing to work with you too. Um, we're just getting so much more done now that we have like an extra developer. It's pretty cool. There's a bunch more clips here. I have them grouped together, and I'm going to run them in together because we've been going for like three hours nearly, and I really want you to hear like these messages that have come from everyone. The first group here are from people who I feel have just really gone above and beyond in terms of like how much feedback they have given us about things how much they've publicly espoused the virtues of castro and these are three people in particular that i've been just i'm delighted to have had on our side as we made our way down the road as indie developers hi super top brian clark here calling from seattle in all the years I've been using Castro, I've learned a ton from you. Interaction design, marketing, pricing, all of it. But by far my favorite has been seeing your professional camaraderie in action. Working for different cities around the world, bouncing ideas across time zones, or polishing the little details along the way. 
It's really special to have that kind of work partnership and so neat to see your personalities reflected in the app. And then to have you hire Jesse this year to help out with some new features finally gave me the inroads to send you way too many feature requests from the Apple Clips app. <laughs> when Jesse and I left our job where we were working together, I told him that careers are long and gigs are short. So while Padraig's off to a new adventure, I know that your friendship has made something really special here, and I'm sure you'll stay in each other's orbits. I guess what I'm saying is uh, maybe uh, maybe the real apps were the friends that we made along the way. So uh, <laughs> cheers and thank you for everything. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Padraig, this is Brian Iris. I just wanted to congratulate you on an incredible run with Supertop. Your work on Castro is so inspiring that it's actually both frustrating and intimidating, which I believe is the highest compliment that I can pay to a fellow software developer. You built my very favorite iOS application, and I say that without exaggeration. For that, I'm incredibly grateful. Thank you, congratulations again, and the very best of luck with what comes next. Hi, this is Elsie Escobar from The Feed, the official Libsyn podcast, and she podcasts. And I think that I'm Castro's number one fan. If I could clip out all the times that I've loved Don Castro on any of my shows or with anyone that doesn't know about Castro, man, would there be a um, massive amount of clip sharing from Castro for days and days and days and I'm so bummed that I've never sent you guys voice feedback before. And the first time is to say goodbye to Padraig. Padraig, thank you so much for your work on Castro and with Super Top. I can only imagine how bittersweet this is for you, uh, for both of you. Uh, Castro is literally one of my top three all-time apps for iOS. Like, it's... It's just right up there. I'm in it almost all day, every day. It's I love everything about it, um, and it because it really works the way that my brain works, <laughs> and, and kind of that's kind of hard to do. <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> the best of providence and joy in all of your future endeavors. And every single time I open up Castro. I will remember, I will remember Padraig and um, everything that you put into it. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. I think this is one of the amazing things about like that we did decide to like make an app that's like based around entertainment and stuff or like a thing that people are going to use every day. Um, people get very passionate about it and they tell you about it. And it's like yeah. to, ha to have people tell you such such positive things about something that you've worked on that like that is what we did set out with Castro one to be like we want to make something that people use every day um and it's like we it's happened and lots of people tell us very nice things about it <laughs> yeah definitely since we started talking to Elsie I've always felt really like purely supported by her in a way that like you get people who email you and they're fanatical about your app and say, wow, this is so great. I love it. I've used it for 20 years. I've tried every app. Um, and then they have a bunch of requests. <laughs> and like, sometimes that's great because it's like thoughtful feedback from someone who's used it for a long time. Um, like Brian Clark's hilarious uh, clips app videos. <laughs> he's on pater <laughs> he's on paternity leave. So I think when his, when his baby's asleep, he gets to build clips app videos that he sends us. Um, so good. They're always pretty funny. Um, and that kind of support is really what keeps you going through like the hard, the hard times with <laughs> an indie app.
Um, and yeah, I've always felt like feeling like you have those people behind you really helps. One one other person who I think is maybe the biggest fan of of the podcast in particular has a few words here. So uh, here's my mother. <laughs> Hi, Patrick. Uh, this is Eileen here. Um, I just wanted to check in and to speak to you on this very special day, which is certainly the end of an era. I always look forward to listening to the podcast and listening to the banter between the two of you. And I'm definitely going to miss it. As I walk the roads of Westmead, I always get excited when I see your podcast appear at the top of the line on the Castro app, of course. So wishing you the best going forward. And just want to make sure you know that there is absolutely no way that Oshin is going to get through this episode without crying. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thanks, Eileen. (laughs) I think I've been too stressed about trying to get all these clips in to have <laughs> cried yet, but <laughs> I think I'll definitely cry listening to the edit of this. But, um, I think Quinn will cry trying to edit this. <laughs> <laughs> Very different types of sorrow there. Um, uh, thanks, Eileen. Thanks for making there be an Ashin. <laughs> Our podcast would literally not exist without you. <laughs> Here, this is a message that I. This is a final edit of a message that I was sent to me this morning. Um, this is a friend of ours from dublin who it, this is like the fifth or sixth draft of this message because he wasn't happy with each different version of it and um but he was determined to get it sounding the way he wanted um so i'm very happy to have this uh, message from alexi rashevsky hi there uh, my name is alexi i'm ios developer from dublin i know ocean and podrick for many years and i was even sitting next to ocean when they started working on castro app uh guys you're amazing uh you did a great app used by many people around the world uh you're one of the nicest persons i ever met you're super friendly you're always ready to help um you were even helping mark armit who is a competitor of and that is pretty impressive i i'm pretty sure he did the same for you but um it is like really uh, great to see that friendly environment uh, among indie iOS developers. Uh, I wish you all the best. I can't wait for your next products uh, and I hope to visit you someday in Vancouver. Thanks. Cheers, guys. Oh, thanks, Alexi. Alexi. Oh, now I can't. <laughs> now I'm going to have to edit a few times. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I remember... There was a WWC a few years ago where we all hung out a lot with Alexi. And yeah, it was super fun. Thanks so much. Oh, these messages. <laughs> One thing. I, when I, so when I came up with the idea for doing this, like I told myself that I had this like noble goal of I wanted like people to like say, wish you the best of luck and like to say thank you for your time on Castro and stuff like that. I quickly realized that people have also been like saying like like just incredible things about, about all the work that we've done together and about me as well so it's like it kind of turned away from i realized that it wasn't a completely selfless um endeavor but um <laughs> thanks to everyone who's saying this stuff too we're, we're, we're coming into the home stretch here one woman who sent a message in is somebody who i who you have definitely helped uh, much more uh, down through the years with stuff. So um, here's a message from uh, Lisa Damacan. G'day, Porik, from Lisa from Grace App in Ireland. Firstly, thank you so much for not only donating your own Apple devices and organising for them to be sent to us here, but also for recruiting your friends to donate and then sending them over to us. 
Um, getting the gift of an iPad or an iPhone that can be used for helping someone communicate using Grace App, it makes a huge practical difference. Um, it's one less thing to worry about when you're doing your best to try and support your child. But more importantly, knowing that someone out there cared enough to go out of their way to give that device to you, that is a huge morale booster. That means so much to people. And we just want to say for me and for all the people who are part of our Grace App community, we wish you all the best in your next move. And wherever you go, they'll be really lucky to have you. So kiss, kiss from Lisa and from my Grace. Oh, thanks so much, Lisa. That's that's great to hear. And yeah, sending those devices is like the, the least anyone could do. Um, I think, yeah, Lisa and Stephen Triton-Smiths, just to give some background to any listeners who might not know her, um, work on an app called Grace, which is that helps autistic children communicate. Um, so they often want like hand-me-down iPhones or iPads so that kids can use them and they get like a, a solid case for them and then it really helps them out. Um, so yeah, a few probably more than a year ago, I think I, I just tweeted that I was sending a few phones to her and a few more people jumped in and sent them along too. So I think they're always looking for more phones. So if you open up the drawer beside you and see if there's a bunch in there doing nothing that you're like convincing yourself are test devices for iOS 9, like you probably don't need them. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's amazing to hear. Thanks so much. Um, Just before we get into the last few, which I'll put all together, um, we've hosted this podcast on cast for the entire lifetime of it. Um, and here's a message from our friend Julian Lipinski, who, uh, who, who runs Cast. Hey, Patrick, it's your friend Julian. I heard the big news and I wanted to tell you how proud I am of everything you and O'Shane have accomplished at Supertop. I know it's not easy to turn nothing into something, and that's exactly what you guys have done. So congratulations and good luck. Thanks, Julian. I spend like probably 95% of my day just iMessaging stupid tweets to Julian. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very important relationship for me. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to play the last batch of clips here and uh, we'll be back for a little bit of an outro. Hey, Patrick. Dave Verwa here. Uh, as you know, I've been a user of Castro since the very beginning um, for years and years now, and it really changed the way that I listen to podcasts. Um, there used to be something that I would only occasionally kind of dip into, um, but really, these days, they are now something that takes up way too much of my spare time. So I guess I have you to thank for that. Uh, seriously, though, must be my uh, most used app, and I still love it after all these years. Um, good luck with all of your future plans. I can't wait to see what you uh, get up to next. Good luck. Hi, guys. John Voorhees at Mac Stories here. I was looking back through the Mac Stories archives and our coverage of Castro over the years, and my first review was nearly three years ago with version 2.0 which just seems bananas. It seems like so long ago now. It was one of my earliest reviews at the site and also a pivotal update for Castro because it got a whole new design with that update. What I've always loved so much about Castro is the amount of care and attention to detail that both of you have always put into the app. It shines through and makes it a perfect example of the kinds of indie apps that we love to cover on Mac Stories. I'm really sorry to see you leave the Castro team, Padraig, but I know that the app's in good hands, and I'm really looking forward to hearing about what you're going to do next. Good luck at whatever is next, and cheers. Hey, Padraig. Hey, Oshin. This is Mark Bramhill of Welcome to Macintosh. I want to congratulate the both of you on over six years of work on Castro. 
Uh, I still remember the day that it launched. I immediately went and downloaded it and just instantly fell in love with y'all's work. You know, and that app helps me become even more obsessed with podcasting. Um, and then uh, when I was making Welcome to Macintosh and no one had heard the show and no one knew what it was, um, I reached out to a few of my favorite app makers to see if anyone would be interested in sponsoring the show. And y'all were the first people to buy an ad and pay me for working in podcasting, which I now get to do as a full-time career. And for that, I am seriously, seriously grateful. Padraig, I'm sad to hear that you're going to be leaving, but I'm really excited to see what comes next for you. The two of you should be so proud of what you've built together. All the best. Hey guys, uh, it's Guy English of Guy English fame. <laughs> I don't know. That's so dumb. You probably want to edit that. Nope. Um, I did want to get in touch. Uh, I, no, Shane asked me to actually say a couple of words. Uh, and I guess the, the one thing I want to say about uh, what you guys have done and uh, the app in particular is that I have always admired your your partnership and the work that you've done uh, immeasurably. Castro is one of the, the apps that I wish I had made. Um, it is it is remarkably well done. It speaks to your characters. It, the, the, the quality of it speaks to your concern and uh, care and consideration when uh, creating something. Um, it is a testament to your ability and, frankly, your uh, your craftsmanship and your artisanship to, that, that it exists in such a great state. Um, it's very, very impressive work. And more impressive is uh, actually two nice guys. <laughs> you're both just wonderful people and and it's uh it's it's been really really great to get to know you over the week uh, over the years and um I, i'm sure we'll know each other for many more to come but uh i you don't often get a chance to sort of drop sort of a heartfelt little note and um i was i was touched to be thought of so uh Congratulations again. It's just wonderful work, wonderful people. That's it. <laughs> wow. Well, thanks so much, Dave Verber and John Voorhees and Guy English and uh, and Mark Bremel. I'm wearing your t-shirts <laughs> right now. I actually i I had to uh, after I was accepted at Apple. I had to go into the office and to get some paperwork done. And I was wearing this T-shirt, and a bunch of people thought that I had like chosen us to show to like fly the flag for Apple. And I was like, "No, it's from a podcast." <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> oh, that was amazing. We've reached. We're reaching the end. Mm -hmm. We've reached the end. Oh, maybe I am going to cry. <laughs> um. Thanks so much to everybody who sent in clips for this. There's about half an hour of clips there. I had no idea it would take two hours to play them. <laughs> I can't believe how many people replied and took the time to record something. It's really touching, and it makes me feel like our work meant a lot. 
thanks so much to everyone. Um, this is 100% definitely the longest episode of the Super Top Podcast in history. <laughs> thanks. Thank you, Podrick. And thanks to everyone else. Yeah, thanks. Thanks so oh, much for... I just remembered something. I'm sorry. I was supposed to put this underneath the closing. There we go. <laughs> 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 yeah well so thanks for everyone who sent a message in and for everyone who's listening who supported our various projects in one way or another over the years and it's been an adventure thanks for listening all the way to the end and i'm just going to leave the last closing words of this podcast to somebody who wasn't even born when Supertop began and someone who has very strong opinions about podcasts. I'm pressing stop. Oh my god. Okay, I'm stopping. Podcast, and I like it, even though it's a podcast.